0: And we'll do a clap sync. Three, two, one. Yes, that was a clap, Zoe, or a Zoe clap sync. Fuck, I misspelled it. Oh <laughs> no! I was gonna, <laughs> oh, no. I was oh, gonna say it's no. you misspelled I it.
1: Just... <laughs> <laughs> you're it just you're trying, to, trying to trying to say guys. what it is that you did wrong. You didn't even get that. I've right. been
0: gone for two weeks. Yeah. This is what happens. Ugh, She's out of practice. I'm rusty. Don't worry. And, oh, and
1: by the way, we don't. Edit on this podcast. So that's just the way this <laughs> yep, is. Yep, that's gonna just going to
2: be immortalized. Yeah. There for posterity.
1: Yeah. And yet, still a better mm-hmm. clapsing, to be honest with you. The clap sync <laughs> yeah. itself was flawless. The execution afterwards was questionable, but <laughs> yeah, just the last clap sync we had left
3: much to be desired.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The uh, other day. I'm... It was we were... great. Oh, yeah. No, it's just literally the next metagame of that is the other day we were watching some sort of clip somewhere that someone posted and we did a three two one of that clip. And I just started it on one instead of go just for fun (laughs) there, just to fuck with people. And man, it was it was borderline not okay. Like people were upset.
3: Yeah. I mean, you were you were practically overthrown at that point.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: I
1: mean, I shouldn't have a responsibility,
4: especially since like
1: 10 seconds earlier. You'd done it the other way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm just I'm just there to like keep people on their toes and they're on their toes. But it's just with anger and frustration With fear in
0: their eyes yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah where's this going are you gonna start on two next going. time you fucking lunatic. yeah <laughs> he's gone
2: wrong <laughs> fuck
1: exactly save
2: the clap sink
0: oh yeah but okay outer wilds echoes of the eyes are we ready to talk about this shit guys i know i'm ready Oh, I need to actually watch oh, my yeah. language because Mama Steam actually talked to me the other day and she's just like, you know, I just think you use the F word too much these days. And I'm just like, <laughs> ah! Mother. <laughs> Mother. Mother? <laughs> Mother. Mother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, fuck that. Like, it's just like you gotta understand. Like, I was gonna she... say, I
0: was like, it's our friend group. It's our friend yeah. vibe. If we if we uh, you know, try and uh clean up our act, uh, it just won't sound like us.
1: Oh, dude, I did yep. have a case where a relative of mine was like, oh yeah, I listened to your podcast. Oh yeah. And she was like, you know, and I, I basically just said like, oh wow, which episode before she told me which one, I was just like sitting there and having like the, the anxiety of like, what did I say? What did everyone say? <laughs> what
2: did anyone say? What did I James was on say? that one too. And like, I was like, oh no. Some,
1: yeah.
4: Yeah. There's some questionable shit.
1: And w- my favorite pathway. part though, is that she was, I was just like, oh yeah, sorry if I like got like rowdy or whatever. Cause she's, you know, she's like, my mom's age. You know what I'm saying? And she was like, "Oh yeah, I could tell. Like you didn't like want it to be rowdy, but you just like let it." And I was Which like, "You could tell that. That's <laughs> what happened." in That your is mind. some bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, like I'm probably the rowdiest one. Like, yeah, really. yeah, yeah. boy is
2: the instigator of ninety percent of the rowdy.
1: Uh, maybe James says, or uh, maybe uh, Gabe says something crazy. I don't know. Like you Gabe know,
2: wasn't I? Don't know. Yeah, I don't
1: know. Yeah,
3: I mean, but the, to be fair to our messaging, like we do have bullshit literally in the description. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you
1: know, yeah. Can we edit that description soon? We can. Yeah. We, we should also edit the description. Yeah. Yeah. I love this term of <laughs> yeah. like we, as if it's going to be like a really like, <laughs> yeah, joint that's,
2: exercise. Team effort. We're all going to hold hands that's and edit the, it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, there's the royal
4: we, which is I. Yes. There's also the like ignoble we,
1: which, which is, is you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I get that. I don't know. It's funny. Like, you got to understand. You know, obviously, uh, Mama Steam is always welcome, but she's in our town.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is our house. I told house. her that yeah, there's an explicit right. tag on our podcast episodes for a reason. Yeah, and don't click on an explicit mm-hmm. episode if you don't expect to hear F-bombs. That's what I have to say, Mama Steve. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, these are our house, our rules. So like, if we ask you to take your shoes off, take your fucking shoes off. You might think it's weird and you might even forgot forgotten something in the car and you're like, fuck, I have to go back out there and get it. I have to tie my shoes. Was this really your fucking house rules? Yes.
2: I just want to know, there were like three (laughs) F-bombs in that sentence. Yeah.
4: (laughs) One of my coworkers said the other day uh, that they were talking to their mother and their mother was just telling them what to do constantly, and they were like, "Mom, I'm an adult. You can't tell me what to do." And she said, "No, I can tell you what to do all I want. You just don't have to listen." I think that's fair. <laughs>
5: that's like I think of, that's fair. I like that. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah.
5: Reasonable. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. There are probably uh, less conflicting ways to resolve that dispute, but mm-hmm. sure, it works. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't know if you guys have been listening, like if your ears have been keen or trained to my most recent podcast tactic, but it's just take the audience, however small and whoever like they are, and just basically give them an idea that they've never said and then attack that idea. And yeah. I think it's, because see, I've see i seen this on YouTube a lot, actually. I think it's the most uh, powerful modern technique where it's just like, I want to argue against someone, but I'm alone talking against a webcam so who can i argue against and it's funny because some people just pick their own fans and just fight against them in this like weird insane uh circumstance so like yeah that's my tactic so i, th- I think it's totally legit um yeah so if difficult. you're listening right now fuck you <laughs> um, oh, yeah. and thanks for listening to our podcast on the <laughs> echoes yeah. of the eye <laughs> like, oh god <laughs> I guess like, you know, is what are the chances that someone picks on this episode but hasn't listened to the other Outer Wilds episode beforehand? I feel like low chance, but maybe not no chance. The other one we should, we as in the
0: cover. one from last week, the 20-minute spoiler-free oh. one or No, the, the original. Mm, but either. The original.
1: Yeah, the original.
0: The
2: yeah. OG.
1: The one on Outer Wilds Classic Vanilla, you know, <laughs> V1.0, <laughs> V1. <laughs> you know.
2: I don't think we should call it Vanilla Outer Wilds.
1: Oh, really?
3: I mean, I think it actually works because, like, then the DLC is about the strangers, so they're stranger than vanilla. Hmm?
1: Yeah, like, like the the originals hmm. vanilla and the outer, or yeah, the expansions like what, Rocky Road, chocolate.
2: <laughs> I thought you were gonna go a really different direction with that, and I'm really glad that you went with ice cream. I don't even know what you were
1: talking about. <laughs> <but> I think <laughs> it was a bad idea. <laughs> Whatever you're into, I
2: thought it was a bad idea too. Just shut that down. <laughs> This um, is
1: a
4: family
2: podcast. Yeah, exactly. Hello, Mama Steam. Yeah. So
4: he's oh literally here.
1: F-words Yo, are one if, thing, but... If
4: McCoy caught on to what you were thinking, if you looked at him in the wrong way as he was about to say that,
1: that could have gone poorly. Yeah. It would have been the first edit in TOT history. <laughs> it would have been right there. <laughs> but yeah. Um, holy shit. We took a little bit longer than it we thought initially to play this game. But actually, that's just because, you know, we don't that often play a game on release on this podcast. It's pretty infrequent, actually, that we do that. And so usually we just get to sit there with all the intel, like how long it's taken. And we get to, like, have, you know, pretty large uh, values of N when we're looking at that number of how long it takes to beat. And we have our own equations, like, you know, if I'm playing and I'm either playing at the helm of a game that we're playing or just I am also part of the group that plays on their own during the week. So, like, it's going to take 1.5 times for me. Like, I heard, Yeah, so we know. double
2: it if McCoy is playing. No, no, no,
1: 1.5. 1.5. Don't just change the We've crafted that number over years. It's
2: true,
1: actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a fuzzy number. It's, it's a pretty specific one. But, yeah, and so, like, we're here to actually be done with it and actually have the podcast. But I'm actually really, really glad that we did play this one on release because – Whether we really knew it or not at the time, it's a great start to Spooky Games Month, this game, I think. So it fits right in and it it puts us right in the right headspace, I think. Um,
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, just looking at the trailer, I think, Raphael, you were just like, oh, this one looks spooky. I looked at the trailer. I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't look all like it just looks like it's dark. That's all. And Mm -hmm. um, holy shit, it's spooky. (laughs) Um, So let's let's put that out of the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a spooky game.
5: Yeah, I, w- I
3: would say that yeah. the uh, main subjects of it uh,
1: would advocate for better living through spooks. Mm hmm. OK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I would say, OK, as is customary were... with this podcast, we're going to yeah. get into spoilers and we're going to do it relatively quickly because, you know, last minute, 20 minute episode was basically just us trying to sell people on the game in a non spoiler territory. But now it's it's we're just assuming that you either have played the game or or you don't care and either one is fine.
2: I feel like it's worth saying, like, spoilers for both Vanilla Outer Wilds mm-hmm. and the DLC will likely come out. Like, if you haven't played them, just go play them. They're Everyone's told you that they're phenomenal. No one will tell you anything else other than that because everyone's trying to keep you away from spoilers. Like, just go play them. Mm-hmm. And then you can listen to this fabulous podcast.
1: So I, I really wanted to start this with expectations of what this was going in. Because, again, we're playing this without all the intel. Now, so not only do we not know like how long the DLC is going to be, we also haven't watched video essays on it or whatever, you know, in our spare time thinking about whether it'd be a good podcast game or not. And we're like thinking like, that's probably not going to spoil that shit for us, but you know, we don't succeed. It definitely like, you know, it sets some expectations or, or whatever. Or, you know, for me, like I listen to a lot of podcasts about different, you know, pundits or whatever in the industry and they have their opinions on things. And It's a great, you know, signpost for what games are worth your time and what games aren't. But none of that was available, at least for me here, and so I came in with nothing except for, I think I like read the Steam page description, or maybe Raphael read it to all of us or something at some point there, and it had mentioned, uh, what was it, like Dark Bramble or Dark some Bramble, shit, like they yeah. were gonna like, do you know like know what
2: uncover about? the secrets of Dark Bramble or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, it said that. And I was thinking to myself, like, okay, so it's going to be more of those, like, fish that, like, the angler fish that eat you. And so I was literally completely um, surprised, we'll say, by what this game actually was in essentially every possible capacity. Did anybody Was anybody else less than that? Uh, no. I,
0: no, I mean, like, I was frankly shocked because... Keep in mind, I was supposed to be, well, I was out last week, and that was supposed to be when you guys all played and did the podcast over for it. And so I'm checking, like, the Discord after I'm back from uh, from vacation and everything, and I'm, like, looking at everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is probably going to be, like, a 12 to 15 hour ordeal. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a whole other game. Like, yeah, I don't know. and And there weren't a lot of rumblings about it prior. I mean there there was like the the teaser trailer. Um but like otherwise I think it was just kind of like one of those things of like oh yeah this is coming out September 28th. Um it's going to be a DLC um it's maybe going to explore Dark Bramble, maybe going to be 1 to 2 hours long. <laughs> and it's a whole other fledged game practically.
1: Yeah, I was even nervous personally that I wasn't going to be able to find where it was in the game. Like I was going to go poking around for it because I, I literally had no idea and I where did it explain to me outside of when I actually started the game, by the way. It does explain to you in the beginning of the game how to find it. It seems more than clear enough to me, but but like I didn't even know that. I was like, fuck me. What, what is even going to happen? Can I use my save? Like I didn't know anything and it turns out I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. I wouldn't worry about it um but yeah like i had no idea so what about you rafael you're like the, the connoisseur of this game right like did you know more beforehand or had you heard more rumblings about it or was it just just launched and here we are
3: no so i am mean, basically the same as you i i thought dark bramble was going to be involved like i had looked at the screenshots in the screen steam description and i was expecting less less content than there actually was mm-hmm. i think when i first like got to the stranger i was like whoa yeah (laughs) yeah and then on top of that like there's the whole other world there
1: and i was like okay this is a lot yeah and it was a lot i mean there's so many wow moments like or potentially whoa moments if you're gonna go off what Raphael just said uh in terms of when you're learning about what's actually going down uh in this in this universe but before we get to that because i feel like that's where we gotta go like clearly like we're right there and i'm just holding us back from that but but I actually wanted to talk about, like, I, at least for me, and I'm curious about other people's opinions, I did not need or maybe even want more Outer Wilds when I finished the old Outer Wilds. Now, it's not to say that I didn't wasn't happy to play this, but it was that, for me, it was such a perfect experience that I, I just, I felt so satisfied. I was like, man, the ways with which you could do damage to this perfect experience feel like they outnumber, by a great margin, the ways that you could improve or add to it so you know Outer Wilds 2 not necessary in my mind you know what I mean and so I was like okay I'm down I trust you know these the studio to do this but I'm at least a little cautious and I really hope that it's of the same level of quality Cause, because I I've almost maybe never been more satisfied by an ending of a video game than the Outer Wilds the first one the, the vanilla one right hold your horses mm-hmm. Um so yeah, like I, I, what, what are the people like? Are the people like thirsting for more Outer Wilds? Or when, cause I didn't even know there was DLC coming at all for the game. So it was just so like, it was practically announced and launched for me. So, I, yeah, I, wanna, I mean, yeah.
0: I, I was excited to play more only because, and I talk about this a little bit in the vanilla Outer Wilds, but like I would, I was, I played the original Outer Wilds in, during a week where i was in a bad headspace and so i thought that that tainted like my experience playing and so i was excited to play the dlc only because it gave me an another opportunity to go into a game and perhaps have a better experience since i wasn't in that bad headspace anymore hmm. um and so i was really excited to do that but i do agree like i was a little hesitant though because despite the experience i had before i really liked the ending as well i thought it was very uh i thought it tied a nice little bow over everything that it was very complete and so i was just like what more could they actually add to this world um what more could they add on to the story that would make it better question mark so like i, I felt torn because i was excited to explore more but at the same time i was also like hesitant <laughs> to explore more only because i was just like oh this could go one of two ways
1: totally and and the way you say that to say that, like this was like your best chance to like get another get another ex- set at that experience or like shot at that experience is super true because man this there's no way you could have just like well i'm just gonna start another outer wilds playthrough and i'm just gonna like start my experience like, it's just that would never work yeah you
2: can't forget what you know
1: yeah totally Yeah. Um, I think
3: one of the top steam reviews is I can't wait to grow old and get Alzheimer's so that I can experience this game for the first time again and again.
1: Yeah. 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 I get that. I get that. I mean, it's a sad. You have to lose a lot of other things in life in order to get that experience again. But yeah, like, you know, I get that. But so wait, so anyone else? Like, I'm just curious, like, how are people feeling in terms of, yo, there's more Outer Wilds? You're like, oh, there's more Outer Wilds. Did I need that?
2: If I needed it, but I wasn't not down for it. I think like yeah, I wasn't that nervous about it. I feel like sometimes DLC for like your favorite game comes out. Like, I can't remember what came out recent, like somewhat recently, and I'm having drawing a complete blank or like a sequel for a game comes out where you're just like, oh, please don't fuck this up. Just like please don't fuck this up. I mean, you don't really have faith that they're not gonna fuck it up, you're just too worried. Um And I feel like in this context, I was like, okay, they made hour wilds. Like, this is not going to be bad. And, like, they clearly didn't need to release DLC. Mm -hmm. Like, they just didn't. Like, that game wrapped up, like everyone else said, like, perfectly. It was obviously, like, incredibly well-reviewed, like, critically acclaimed. Like, they did it. They did the thing. It was, like, this huge success, and it was so well-wrapped. They didn't need to release a DLC. So my thinking was, like, they have something that they know is good or they wouldn't be doing this. So I was excited. I had faith.
3: Yeah, I guess personally, like, I I did want more of the Outer Wilds. It's not that, like, the the original game wasn't this amazing thing. It was just, like, I wish I could have more experiences like it.
2: Yeah, I would like um, twenty more games, like The Outer Wilds, to yeah. be released in the next year. I would play all of them.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I could just you know like quit work and just full time play games like The Outer Wilds, mm-hmm. uh, I would find a way to make that happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, you could have like a personalized YouTube channel that exclusively reviews Outer Wilds style games, and you're like mm-hmm. your avatar would be like the adventurer from The Outer Wilds, right? Like in the space suit or something. Like this could happen. <laughs> okay we're in a world where niches are popular but okay um yeah but yeah
3: um as for like what did i think of like what did i expect from the dlc um i wasn't really sure like i feel like when you only have one game from a developer you're not really sure like did they just like get lucky and make something that was perfect like stumble into it uh or are they like really capable of doing that multiple Mm -hmm. times i mean i think you never really know uh, cuz i mean uh, I, everybody can make mistakes um but that being said i wasn't at the i wasn't at the extreme where i was like oh yeah i completely trust them to make like a perfect thing either i was just like I, I don't really know like we'll see how it
5: is
1: yeah and it's what's really interesting is that this is not another game i mean it may have the weight of another game in terms of content and it may have like a lot of aspects, but, but it really is like a DLC in the context of it. It not only takes the systems and mechanics and plays with them, but also it, it takes the spiritual essence of the game too. And so they really did do more Outer Wilds here, even though you know, I'm sure we'll talk about some of the differences, of course. But it is more Outer Wilds, and their next full-fledged game, if it's not Outer Wilds, that's the one I'm nervous about. Mm-hmm. If that I makes
2: agree. sense. I do think, though, kind of what with Raphael was just talking about, I mean, spoiler alert, I really like the DLC. Um, I think, Jesus like, within Christ. the first, I don't know, we hadn't been playing that long, like, I don't know, five hours of playing this DLC. Like, McCoy and I had taken a break we were, like, night, and we were, like, winding down for the night. I was like, they did it. Like, they, it wasn't a fluke. Because I do think that there's something when people, especially with kind of, like, these weird indie games, just in you know, general, like, you wonder if someone just stumbled into it, like, if they just accidentally created a great game. And they don't really understand how they put it together. They don't quite... They aren't going to be able to replicate it. But I think pretty quickly into the DLC, I was like, they know. They know what they did. They know why it's good. They can replicate it. Like, they had more in the tank. They have more ideas. Um, which, for me, was super exciting. Because I, I don't know. I just, I also was like, I don't, are they ever going to make anything else? Like, is Outer Wilds just like a one and done? But now, I'm... Cautiously optimistic that they have more to come.
1: You know what's a comparison I thought about? That's a weird comparison, especially now that we've actually played our block from them. But I thought about Super Giant games where I was like, mm-hmm. man, Bastion was a murderer out the gate. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, I mean, it was like world-endingly good, it felt like. And then like, at least for me, like I love the art style of Transistor and the story of Transistor, but the gameplay wasn't as good for me. And we've obviously have podcasts on that, and definitely not everyone agrees with that by any means. And then I bought the fucking world narrative for Pyre for years. That it was like this weird thing that nobody understood how to put it in there. And I was like, oh my God, so maybe Supergiant Games can't do it again. Now we've played Pyre Sense, and by the way, that game's fucking incredible. They can do it again. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. But it's like I thought about that and I got nervous a little. Like, like, can they can they keep doing it? Like, because I want to believe in my heart that if you strike with a game like Outer Wilds or Bastion, or any of these like indie games that are just truly amazing on multiple fronts, it's not just like, well, the gameplay loop was really fun. Like, period. No, it's like everything. Like the story, the art design, the voice acting, just the gameplay, everything is nailing it and all in harmony. Then I want to believe that that you can do essentially whatever you want. Like you have the magic. And so I want to believe, like, God, could you trip over and make a game as incredible as the Outer Wilds? Or even the game as incredible as Bastion? Like, I don't I don't want to believe you can trip over and do that. Like, maybe maybe you make a fun shooter. You know, and you like have a really cool innovation, uh, for like health packs or something. But like a whole indie game that's just truly incredible and synergistic, I, I don't want to believe it. Now maybe it's true. You can, I don't know, but I, I I want to say that you can follow this studio forever and it'll just be magic forever because it's like you can't make this and fluke it. I I would I would I would love to fluke a game this good. Do you know what I mean? Like that would <laughs> give me such joy. James, what about you? Yeah, what about right. expectations for this game or like thoughts about more on the sequel or, or, or anything like that? Um,
4: I like practically forgot about this. Like even despite the fact that we had a, uh, deliberations episode and talked about this game on that episode, um, I blanked that out of my mind. And then when I was looking at the schedule for like what game we're playing next and it was like Outer Wilds Echo of the Eye, I was like, what? There's a <laughs> DLC? That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what a great idea. <laughs> uh, so, that I mean, I don't know. I just, I I, I stumbled into greatness apparently.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think it's a great way to go in. I mean... I'm I'm really thankful to have known so little about it going in mm-hmm. to be honest.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And like talking right now and I am remembering that we talked about it and that there was that comment about um uh the secret of the b- Bramble. Yeah. Whatever. Dark Bramble. And um being a little bit uh, nervous about that, because uh, the fishies are um, scary. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: Turns out this game is scarier. And, mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: yeah, and there's there's this one transition in this DLC that is very similar to the Dark Bramble transition into a fishy world and i realized that every single time that happened like my body tensed up a little bit mm-hmm. yeah
1: oh james this must have been um, a scary game for you at times yeah yeah it's a scary game
2: for um, everybody at times
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> um but yeah i think um I think that going into it with like like basically just forgetting that it existed. Uh I wasn't like thinking about ooh I wonder if they'll fuck it up or anything cuz I didn't have enough time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think that I kind of based on how well crafted the base game was um like, anything that they would choose to add to that game, I trusted would be good.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: I think we should go into yeah. it. I, 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 okay, I just wanted to set the stage. I, I just do that because, like, man, like, totally blindsided by this game. And, in fact, you can tell their masters at their craft already from the fact that they were managing... And and crafting blindside experiences by essentially lying in their trailer and lying in their fucking steam description,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like <laughs> they are literally trying to craft a blindside, uh, blind playthrough, quote unquote. Um,
4: yeah,
2: which I love. Yeah, yeah. And I.
4: Well, it's not a lie though. You do discover the secret of the, the dark bramble or whatever, or one of the secrets.
1: Yeah, maybe like misinform... What's going on there? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's it's definitely misdirecting.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, it's okay. a red herring.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. yeah, I
2: think to like, I know that we are about to talk about like okay. intricacies of this game. Okay, but I, I, don't know, I always have, I have to like work myself up to it because I feel like this is a game that like the community around like no one fucking talks about these games like the respect that people have for the experience and like the blind, like going in blind mm-hmm. is so strong. Like, people won't talk about them. And so every time we, like, we go to, like, get into, like, actually get into it and, like, talk about just spoilers and story. I'm like, ooh, feels wrong somehow, even though we have all played it.
1: So let's start with this. There's a new entrance at the the museum, new entry Mm -hmm. at the museum. and You go there, right? And then you see, like, there's this radio tower and this different signal, and you you want to go figure out there's this like initial puzzle of like, they're taking these pictures around the sun and there's something that's blocking out the sun. And then you eventually figure out how to actually get there based on the degrees and the angles and this, that and the other and the time cycle. And the moment that this, the stranger, this ship pops in front of you. That for me was like, Whoa, oof. we I are immediately got out chills. Here.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I feel Holy like shit. you're just right back in it. Because, like, you're like, oh, I kind of remember this game. It was amazing. Like, there's all these cool reveals. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to follow this signal. Like, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, this giant dark black hole in front of the sun. You're like, oh, fuck. Here we go.
1: And, And what's so lovely about that is that that happens. And it hits. And it hits deep. And you're like, oh, shit. They are not playing around. But then that is not so far, remember, from two more insane reveals. Which is... You get inside the docking bay Mm -hmm. and then you have to figure out how to open that fucking door with your flashlight, which is insane. So that's like they're already using this mechanic in a totally weird way. And you're like, okay, this is alien. And then you walk through that door and you see the fucking actual inside that shit. And you're looking up on the sky and you're like, oh, my fucking God, it's a circle. Like it's a halo. Like this is a halo from fucking Halo. Halo from Halo. Nice. Um, (laughs) Nice. But seriously, like I was just like it was just like bam, 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 right at the beginning of this, and I, I to me it was just, I, I was in awe.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely. Sure. Like, I, I immediately got tense and on edge because the music when you discover the ship is mm-hmm. kind of like a little bit like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, chilling is just the best way I can describe it. Where I'm like, oh, it's just this dark, looming object in space that i'm going to go inside of and of course you know i think for me, it was a little bit unfair, only because I saw people's Discord reactions before I played this game. So I was like, this game is scary at points. So I get to this <laughs> point, it and I'm like,
2: oh, God, is it now? <laughs> like, exactly. So fair, that's also what I was like throughout the entire game, because Raphael and James had warned us it was scary. And so I was jump scaring myself for like the first seven hours. Just like, is that it? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> is that it? Yeah, no. like, there's, like, there, are, like,
1: <laughs> there are like trees in this game that like you can see it from an angle and you're just like, that's a person. Okay, it's
0: not a person. It's yeah, like a fucking book. That time. might be intentional, yeah, the first time sure. the dam broke, yeah, in my in the first cycle, mm. so like I cause because i'm I'm a little bit on edge, but I somehow find a way to open that door. I didn't re- recall how I did it though, because I had my flashlight on, I was just circling that little area, and then just the door opened at one point, and I'm like, oh. I don't know what I just did. Okay, anyway, go in. I'm like, wow, rivers, boats, lovely. And I'm just spending my time just, like, rafting. And then something, just huge crash just comes from overhead. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to (laughs) die.
2: This is it.
1: (laughs) And, like, you see, like, actual objects and buildings and shit just fall. And, like, just that's such an Outer Wilds thing, too, to have the world just start break apart in front of you. And you're just like, oh, my God. Like, things are getting washed away. And just to see it on the horizon coming. And, like, by the way, like, right, okay, Outer Wilds, of course, as always, is about this cycle of, of the, the day that the you have. The changing
0: environments. The 22-minute cycle. Yeah,
1: the 22-minute cycle. But they added this layer on top of it of even when you're in other, you know, states, let's say, which we'll get to obviously later, um, like, you hear the, like, creaking of the dam first. Right. And mm-hmm. then the breaking of it, you also hear and can like practically feel from anywhere. And then like the, the effects later and depending on where you are, like there's like certain they, they add a layer on top of other events that happen during this day cycle, uh, specifically on the stranger. And like, yes, when it happened there for the first time, total blindside. And then even when you're familiar with it, it has such a power to it.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: That's like we are in the next phase of something. And even though you're an experienced Outer Wilds Traveler at that point, and you know, well, okay, so what was the state like before this? And what's the state like after this? And how can I solve puzzles in both states? Like, which state would be helpful? But even though you know that, it's still just such a powerful change and addition to that system. It works Mm -hmm. so well.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: I want to add to this, to, like, slightly go back, because you, you get to the stranger, right? This ship that you discover. And the outside's, like, very dark, like, very ship like it's a ship it looks like a ship it looks okay. like an alien spacecraft kind of situation you like land and you're getting out and the music is very like creepy or so you had a better word creepy is not a good I word think,
1: i think ominous, ominous is what we're trying to go for ominous
2: sure something along those lines and you're like oh i found this thing and you get the door open and you walk in this is an amazing world um And then you push the raft out for the first time, and you get on it, and the music hits for the first time, Mm. you guys. And like I have, I'm the note taker, and I have written down that music change dough, and it's just it's circled like seven times and underlined a bunch. Um, (laughs) It's just like such a beautiful. The rafting music is incredible. The Mm rafting music is incredible, and it's such a like oh we're like we're it's like a homecoming like for people who loved Outer Wilds I think and like you just like you get on that raft and the music goes and you're like we're back it's happening again <laughs> it's just like it's so happy and beautiful I
0: loved it but for me a... it was like security I'm like this is such a lovely tune surely no jump scares will come yeah, yeah, yeah this exactly music nothing bad could happen to me <laughs> Stay on the
1: raft. yeah I mean I, I dude, I love that you guys like love the music for the raft it's not that I disliked it but it was like to me it felt almost jarring because it felt like every other video game in existence this is like their their swan song right before the credits roll or maybe as the credits roll Mm -hmm. for some reason just had this like and now like the character is gonna like go through their final arc yeah. like feel to it I think at when the we, beginning at
2: some point mccoy i think you said what we were playing you're like this is like like life is strange wishes that this was its ending credit music and i was like <laughs> i after that i couldn't get it of my mind it's 100 percent true like dramatic games wish that this was their ending credits music but and it's not it's just you're on a raft
1: also and it's amazing don't you think it's kind of a subtle like like maybe f you to the player to a little bit just take a little bit because when I would crash the raft and the music would stop, <laughs> like, I was just like, oh, <laughs> why are you going to do me like that? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That was unfortunate.
3: That
4: was unfortunate. Yep. yep.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think like, so go for it.
4: I just wanted to mention McCoy said something about the creaking of the raft of the, of the dam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that. Is that like
1: one of the noticeable change phase changes? Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, uh, I want to say a harbinger of what's to come. It's before the dam breaks, but it gives you a signal that it's breaking. I think what happens is you start to see visual yeah, effects of no. water coming out. Oh,
2: yeah, you can see visual yes. effects of water. There's also like the electricity right. for it goes for a second. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
1: so mm.
5: that's actually the yeah.
3: solar sail opening that's what i was gonna say uh, that's we cool. use it as
2: like a but it's a, yeah we use yeah. it as a time cue kind of like when you play the base game of outer wilds like there are cues throughout like the, the cycle of like where you are um you can be hardcore like Raphael was for us at the end and we just have a timer running We're like Raphael, time
1: time yeah
2: time. <laughs> he would like tell us but you can also like generally do it with the Raphael like, pause I'm going to the menu yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah like i actually in my notes i do have like yeah i would write down because i i played this game solo again so i actually have like a sticky note that says like yeah like around six minutes is the solar panel Mm. and then like around uh I think it was, where is that sticky note? Like 14 minutes, the damn break. I see. I have 13 in my notes. Yeah. (laughs) I believe you. Uh, Well, you know, I was also pausing in the menu. It's hard as a one person show. It gets very
2: complicated when you start trying to time. McCoy and I had like a long time sequence we were trying to time out. Yeah. And it gets very complicated when you start like resting and you're like, okay, McCoy, you have to step at like a whole number and then we'll sync up. And like, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, it was a lot. We probably made it overly complicated.
1: Yeah, I also think the best way is actually not the way we were doing it. Just for if you're out there and you want a better way to time time from when you wake up, don't time from when you get to the ship because there's like an added bit of even though it's like pretty consistent, like mm-hmm. you just want you want the time from the start. Anyways, I don't think we did that initially, so that's probably some of the discrepancy between Raphael. our numbers. Anyways, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but like, but but like, dude, like if you want a fucking outer wilds fucking experience, you're sitting there with a goddamn stopwatch yeah, like you gotta fucking man this ship. You know what I mean? I'm just sitting there and I'm like, what other fucking game not only would ask me to do this, have enough respect of the player to have them actually go through and do this, but have me, the player, want to do this so much that I don't just uninstall this game and start playing Valorant. You know what I mean? Like, how did it do all of those things? Um, It's, I, I don't know, but it's it. there was definitely some like oh my god we're doing we're doing like a another flawless run if we can Mm -hmm. here and like here's how we're gonna do that and just oh god but like okay what i actually want to talk about though hear me out on this is that differences between this and the main game i say that because the main game was a really i would say disjointed experience and i don't mean that in a negative way it's just like a there's a it's a giant universe and you can do all sorts of different things at at any given time and you might get clues that send you across the universe to go explore them. Whereas this was a much more focused, like centralized experience, so much so that you're like literally inside the stranger pretty much for the majority of it. You don't really have to do much else outside of it. And so it, it's very almost different that way, like in the way that it's focused. And, and you, when you combine that with how much more experienced we are as players, it felt like a very different vibe, despite, you know, of course, being more Outer Wilds. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when I'm saying this? Like, does this, did this ring true to you guys? Yeah. Yeah.
0: hmm Yeah. I, I actually think it's what contributed to how this experience was different for me playing solo than even the first time I played. Um, I almost would say that this DLC was easier for me as a solo player because of how contained the experience was. Where I knew that all of the answers lie within the stranger. Mm-hmm. It just mattered, like if I was looking in the right places. Whereas I think in the in the base game, it was a little bit more. I, I was a little bit more prone to being frustrated because of just how expansive the world was. Um, you know, when you have to take into account the timing that you come across six different planets, you know. So it was definitely I think easier to manage in that regard and definitely contributed to why I enjoyed this playing this DLC solo a lot more. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I was thinking that would be the case. And also you're so much more experienced with solving the puzzles and there's a lot of puzzle solving like whereas sometimes it felt like in Outer Wilds it could be an hour in between a solution to something, Mm -hmm. here it felt, it felt much more rapid. Like you were just like, you know, like even sometimes complicated puzzles could be solved in, in minutes. Now it's not to say that you wouldn't sit there and wait and, and not understand that and take an hour, but, but certainly there was some where you were just like, bam, 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 rapid fire, even if they were complicated puzzles, just because I feel like so much more advanced at, at understanding this game at this, this time around. And so it felt like it was, it was for those types of people. Like it felt like it was for people who have had a lot of experience with the game and can can solve things fast especially when it's in a constrained area
0: i do think there's one other element though that they changed from the base game that also helps in that and maybe this is just me as a player as well but the dlc also communicates information and mechanics about the world through picture rather than text um Mm. like In the DLC, whenever they need to tell you a little bit about the lore of, I call them the owlex, I, or the the owlks. <laughs> I don't sure. know what to call them, mm-hmm. but like they're owl elk hybrids. I call them, Olks. but um, I uh, like I was trying to like they they communicate, or I guess they they store their information through these slide reels. And a lot of how you solve puzzles is by finding these slide reels, internalizing some information, and then, you know, replicating what you see on the reel. Um, Whereas in the base game, you mainly get your information through uh, text logs uh, from the Nomai. And I also just found the pictures to be... Like, I I was better able to internalize information a whole lot easier in this DLC because it was done through that picture as opposed to text. Like, I can only imagine, like, them trying to describe through text, like, how to set down your lantern and walk away and suddenly you're in digital world. Like, I don't know how they would try to textualize that, but, like, the visuals, I was just like, ah, I see what I need to do. I got it.
3: That's really I think interesting I to me because I actually had the opposite experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I would look at the pictures and I'd be like, okay, like there's, I, I got what was happening in the things, but it was sometimes hard for me to actually take that and turn it into a solution to the puzzle. So I would go and look at the ship's log and the ship's log would explain it in text and then it would make sense.
1: Because mm. the ship log, <laughs> they tried this time around to really, really hit on a word or two that might be a little bit of a leap in Hint logic for you. You know what I mean? Like, I saw someone do this. Then I saw someone try something else, but I didn't see what happened afterwards.
2: (laughs) You know, just like... Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, all
1: right.
3: (laughs) It it might be that the ship's log was a bit more helpful just in general. Yeah,
2: I did think that the clues, from my memory, and I was curious to ask you guys if you remember it the same way, like, I thought the clues in the DLC were significantly more explicit than they were in the base game of Outer Wilds. Like, I, I, you know, there were, I mean, when you're looking for passwords and things, like, they literally walk through you through, like, step by step, exactly how to get somewhere or exactly what to do. And I don't remember that being the case very much in Outer Wilds. Like, I felt like in Outer Wilds, you had a lot more, like, disparate pieces of information, and you had to kind of, like... Figure things out on your own. Like the one that I'm thinking of in particular is like when you needed to get into the core of um, Giant's Deep, the water planet, and you had to like get inside of a jellyfish to do that.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That was like, there was experimentation required. Like there was no know my writing that was like and then you enter the jellyfish in this way you'll be safe you go down to the bottom it was like okay you have like this electrical thing and there's these like weird jellyfish and i know something about this is going to work but i don't know what it is whereas i thought that this dlc was much more explicit in its clues um both because i yeah i also find the visuals maybe a little bit easier but also just i think it was intentionally being more clear with yeah. what it wanted you to do,
1: yeah, in both in both ways, both in the visuals mm-hmm. and in the text log, in the ship, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I agree. This is a really interesting point. I had not ever thought about the difference in the slide reel to the text writing, mm-hmm. but yeah, the slide reel definitely like vibes with me more. Like, it, I I could, I I felt like they were so much more evocative. Um. Yeah, although I will say this game still does the same thing that the old vanilla game does or whatever where your text log in your ship is not always going to be everything you need so you can do better by writing your known notes like like and taking screenshots or like taking your phone and just pointing it at the screen there were definitely a couple times where we didn't get pictures of certain things. And afterwards, I instantly was like, fuck, which slide reel was that? I don't remember where that was. Like, fuck, if we had had a screenshot of that, that would have been better. And you look in your ship blog and you it's like they, they got you way further, I think, than, yeah, in the previous uh, iteration or whatever the fuck. But, like, it definitely still – you can still get caught
2: mm-hmm. not
1: having had your notes uh, if you don't remember something. And so, yeah. Did
2: anyone else think that these clues were more explicit? than they were in the base game. I'm curious if I'm just misremembering and, like, going through it the second time, I was like, oh, yeah, this is super. I got this. This is telling me exactly what to do. Or if they are... No, I
0: actually actually have the jellyfish as an example. Like, myself, in my notes, I have the jellyfish as an example of, like, a clue that wasn't as directly given. So, like, (laughs) you're not imagining. I do think the the base game definitely tried to be a little bit more uh vague in its yeah. direction
1: mm-hmm.
3: yeah it's, it's the jellyfish was like one of the few clues that i ended up looking up in the base game
1: yeah i think it's mm-hmm. like they they strike a really delicate balance in the first game where mm-hmm. it's like they kind of go big or go home with the balance it's like this this realization is gonna be like ground shaking or you're gonna quit. Like, like. <laughs> Whereas here, it's more like. I mean, I think. Yeah. Go ahead.
4: I I think that they learned a lot mm-hmm. from the response yeah. to the base game, and they put that to work in this DLC. Because while we are saying that like things are like given a little bit more clearly, that's not to say that like things are just spoon fed to you. Yep. At yeah. all. Yes. Right. Yeah, agreed. I, I was going to say, um, like, I, it's impressive that it didn't feel like it harmed
3: the experience at all for it to be, like, giving you the puzzle solutions a bit more clearly.
1: Yeah. I mm-hmm. I think it, for yeah. me personally, I think it does harm the experience a little. Or perhaps not set it up for quite the same heights of, like,
3: yeah.
1: slingshot trajectory. Like, I, I really did feel the go big or go home of the first game. I, I remember the earth shattering like
2: I remember when you when you got inside that jellyfish being like holy fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, cuz I remember But it was also a chance. I mean, there's an element of that of like definitely. if you just don't think of it, you're fucked.
1: Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Yes and no. I remember mulling over things more in the base game. I remember having my mind wander in the middle of a work day and solve something mm-hmm. and just like a flurry of texts would come out between the two of us is it possible let's get this written down we got to try this later so that i think was less present here but that's not to say this was a by any means like a bad experience that'd be crazy but it's just like no i i i, I, I at least for me you do want to say there was a a larger dramatic tension created by the time between solving puzzles i think that the first game had
2: I also think there's something to be said about the, the – I don't know how to say this. There's a different – like, we've already discussed like There's a difference in terms of the scope of each of these games. Like, the base game of Outer Wilds is very large in terms of scope. There's, like – there's multiple planets. There's tons of different things to figure out. So you have that ability to, like, really bounce between um, – puzzles and problems if you can't figure one out. you're like, oh, I just cannot figure out Giant Sea, but, like, no problem. I have 17 other things to do on my list. I'm just going to go to a different planet for a while and, like, let that one sink in. Whereas I think because this was a much smaller scope and kind of, like, a tighter package, I don't know that... I don't think that we did a whole lot of, like, bouncing around. We were mostly, like, we're going to sit here and figure this out. Like, we're going to get through this piece of it. And maybe because of that, like, having more directed um clues was good because i don't know that we could have done the same thing we did in the base game where you kind of like move around and bounce around until you lock something in this is sort of like you either progress here or there's not that much else for you to do
1: or at least it's in like a a lesser magnitude like you know especially like with the three areas like the you know what i mean like the three places you could go to like you definitely could bounce around between them if you hadn't solved them all and they did sometimes like to give you like Here's three different clues in three different areas. Like, go do what you want. So there was a bit of that, but it is so much more contained, as people have been talking about, than the first game, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. And that might have actually, like, contributed to why we thought all the clues were a little bit more clear. Mm-hmm. Just because we had so many fewer variables to be working with.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true, too. You weren't like, um, which planet would this be on? it was like, ah, oh, yes.
4: Yeah. yeah. So, I mean just like reducing the space that stuff could be connected within makes it feel like clues are clearer. I would I would assume I'm not an expert in puzzle creation, but like it it I could see that it could make it feel like clues are are like a little bit easier to get. Um less obtuse if mm-hmm. um than in
1: the the bigger space. Yeah, that seems fair. Like it's not like we took the lantern and we're like, what if we just try the lanterns in Giant Steep? Just like just a cuz, like what if the water gets in there and it's like a tornado and fucking you know like no one's like doing right. that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, you guys! The amount of fucking mind bending shit they had still to show in this game, like when, okay. Like, yeah, like, actually, Zoe referenced this one earlier. I'm kind of jumping forward, the, but it doesn't matter. Like, when you figure out you can set down the lantern and you see whatever, dev mode or something for the first time, that was fucking crazy to me. Like, it was insane. It was insane. Yeah. And even just the visual effect of you look back at your lantern and you see that circle that, that has, like... That bubble
2: the, was so cool.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, God, it was so cool. And, like, looking at the invisible pathways in the dev mode and just realizing, like, you just... This this game does a really amazing job so
4: at can we haven't even talked about the simulation yet.
0: Yeah, we should. Uh,
4: so dev mode doesn't make any sense. Um okay. So let we're firmly in spoiler territory. Yeah. Um the creatures that built this ship that the entire DLC is in um kind of destroyed their home world to make the ship. They like took all of the resources of that world and put them into this spaceship um, in order to come to the eye of the universe. And they missed their home world. So they created like a VR simulation of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's the second like, <laughs> Inception layer uh, That this DLC Kind of plays with So there's Like the base of The actual like Ring world Ship And then there's The simulation The dream um, world But you kind of Don't really realize That it's a simulation That's like digital For a long time Yeah Um, And You go into it With like this weird Lantern that you Like meditate Next to a a fire, and then you're in. Yeah, you like um, wake
3: up and the lantern is lit and everything's dark. And everybody's and it's like,
2: gone. Yeah. I was gonna
0: yeah. say, yeah. It was, yeah. we, we yeah. fall asleep in a room
2: with corpses. Yes,
0: yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes,
4: Yeah. Yeah, full <laughs> yes. of like
2: desiccated corpses holding these lit lanterns and then you fall oh. asleep because that seems like the same thing to do and you wake up and they're all fucking gone. Well,
1: so, but like the way I would even describe this is that there is there's an arc... To this game, like, in the sense of that first seven hours whatever the fuck you were talking about, Mm -hmm. where you're, like, sitting there, like, just ready to get jump scared, but they're not really coming.
2: Yeah, you're being jump in like, paintings and shit.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and you're, like, getting jump scared in, like, ruins, you know? Like, oh, God, this door. That's figuring out (laughs) how to get into...
2: The actual scary place.
1: Yes. The simulation. Yeah. But 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 specifically, it actually follows a very similar trajectory and this is what I was thinking about as hit the air once, Dark Souls. But where it's like <laughs> where it's like <laughs> you start in the light you know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. like the the stranger, like especially like by the dam and stuff, it's well lit. You can see everything. I mean, the water's scary, but once you figure that shit out, and you figure out you can ride that, you can surf that with a raft if you need to. Like, you're like, okay.
2: There's happy music on the raft. Everything's fine.
1: Yeah, everything is fine. And you basically spend a bunch of hours figuring out that light is such a powerful tool to interact with all of these things that this owl elk uh, creature species or whatever is doing and and you get all of these really like and you know there's little there's definitely like houses that don't have light in it and they can be scary and dark and there's caverns but you're like learning how light can be such a powerful tool uh and it's kind of like their main tool to work all their devices and then you realize at some point in time there's a switch that actually lights pretty nice but what you really need is darkness that's going to get you where you need to go and that's when you take the lanterns out from one of these like places where all the lanterns is and all of a sudden like the darkness is actually illuminating your path and that's when you go down and you see this fucking room <laughs> full of all these corpses and that shit is like that marks the moment where the darkness is now going to be your experience like you're going into the dungeons um, for a while and it's it's pretty it's pretty intense. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly mm-hmm. and I would say, like, especially when some of the light, like, as McCoy said, like, some of the contraptions only work in total darkness, like, even, like, opening doors at, like, you can have your flashlight shine on a door as, like, the lock mechanism, like, goes around it, but eventually you're going to need to turn that flashlight off to get the door to actually open, and just those, like, three seconds
2: of, like, being in total darkness can still put you on edge of, like, Oh, oh, God something that was i think i was i don't know if i was yelling i wasn't yelling at mccoy but i was strongly telling him when we figured like that kind of part out i was like this is a fucking horror game like they (laughs) did this like you know i just felt like the moment that they start playing with darkness is something that you have to do to progress like it's a horror game yeah i
1: actually and we can never know the origin But I actually, this literally could have, I can see a plausible world where they were thinking of how can we play with these mechanics? And someone was like, could there be something that's kind of the opposite of the quantum where it's like, instead of like seeing things, it's like not seeing things. And then everyone's like, wait, but then you'd be in the dark all the time. And like, okay, horror game. But like, it just, it just fits so well um by the way fun fact for those out there who are scared you can shoot your probe and it will act like a uh ceiling light so shoot that on the top of buildings uh like on the ceilings <laughs> mm-hmm. and they will illuminate everything of course you can't open any fucking doors but
2: you know <laughs> <laughs> at least you could fucking see
1: um, also you can't have the probe in the simulation
2: yeah the simulation right. you don't get it so guys, and it's very dark in the simulation
1: yeah dude in, in true outer worlds fashion we actually discovered
2: Outer the
0: Worlds?
1: Outer.
2: fuck. I didn't play that game. Oh fuck. boy. Yeah. <laughs> Drink. First mistake.
1: Ah oh, jeez. Um Yeah. What if someone <laughs> Sorry, actually just I didn't? Anyways, mean okay.
2: <laughs> no, but, <laughs> it was a good derail.
1: Yeah. Um No, but we actually found the the simulation world, which I mean, I don't know, is like the spiritual mm-hmm. fucking dreamland. Uh we actually found that by accident like by accident in essence like by dozing off at one of the fires with the device in our hand just tr- i mean i was trying things it wasn't like We're i had no intention
5: them,
1: yeah. um but i was just trying shit and i we did that and it's just like that's such an that's such a a function of this game it's like you did they're gonna give you like a linear progression through it and it's not linear exactly but they're gonna give you clue to clue to clue and it, it all works together but we just we're in, I, we were looking around these towns, man, before we knew anything about them, before we knew where the, where we're supposed to go, like we're supposed to go through behind the fireplace. We didn't know any of that. We had not seen any of those reels. We were just going into these worlds with no idea why, but just certainly you have to explore and the terror of like going through. And of course it's like, we're playing on controller, so I'm not fucking full running anywhere. I'm like slowly creeping around corners and hiding behind stuff and just like. It was just like really, really powerful. Um, to just, to just not know, but just to know that you're gonna find something that's gonna lead to something if you have the, the strength to go into the darkness. And oh god, it was, it was so good. We turned it off that night and came back the next day. <laughs> what can I say? Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, I do admit, like the scaredy cat in me, did. I, okay, so I the first dream world I actually went into was the Starlet Canyon, okay. aka Big Mansion
2: House, that has, what, 8 mm-hmm. to 10 spooky guys. It's the scary remember. place. Oof. That was yep. the last yeah. one that we did. We saw it. We might have also seen that one first, but it was like the last one that we completed because I was like, fuck that shit. Yep. Yep. Right, so, so
0: that was the first one I went into. I didn't understand the lighting and extinguishing uh, mechanic because you know you do that all by trial and error so i extinguish this house i'm like well fuck all the guys are free <laughs> i begin to just like walk around Immediately, I'm running from yep. like five of them. Yep. I get mm-hmm. um, what I thought was eaten by them. They don't eat you; they, no, they grab don't. you and they snuff out your flame. That's right. So that makes right. things a lot less scary, I suppose. Um,
1: but you
4: wouldn't
0: know that if you just for a hard the second
1: scary.
4: they grab you. Just a little, exactly. Less scary.
2: Yeah, because <laughs> the less. animation is is intentionally well, frightening. Yes. Well, it okay. Is. I was gonna say, let's actually talk about the
0: design of these owl elks. Because I honestly think for a game designed on darkness and light, these are the spookiest, yet most endearing things
5: ever. (laughs) Like,
0: like they're very (laughs) cute up close, but in the light, because, you know, you you kind of, uh, you have this focus mechanic on your light where, you know, if you don't focus, you get... A kind of ring of light around you but you can't see very far but you can focus the light to kind of shoot a beam forward and see further in the distance and nothing is more terrifying than focusing your beam yeah. and just seeing two like two white eyes staring back at you in this like stark white silhouette that is antlered and very tall but also kind of hunched over carrying a lantern of their own like it is like I, I go camping a lot, <laughs> and it's the same of, it's it's the same kind of yeah. effect of when you're walking alone in the woods at night and you just suddenly see eyes and you're kind of standing there like, is that a deer or is that a bear? Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: One of them can kill me. Mm-hmm. The other one I can scare off. And I don't know. I I got that same feeling kind of just walking through the worlds of just seeing them. And they make these noises, and then they just kind of start stalking you, and then they kind of leap out at you, and oh, it was terrifying. But like, I want to say delightfully so, just because I love the design of them so much.
3: Yeah, Uh, I would rate them seven out of ten. Would cuddle?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Careful with those horns, would you? Yeah, Yeah, I mean the antlers, I.
3: I'm not quite sure how that would work, I mean, I guess their beds are like mostly vertical, so mm-hmm. that makes sense, given the antlers
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this I feel like that species and just maybe even this whole d. l c is essentially like you could say like like you know early early human history, maybe like Native American or something like that, but also just like campfire feelings, the experience mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it re- <laughs> it really yeah. is that um. And yeah, it's awesome.
2: I think it's worth noting that so they have these magnificent antlers and a lot of the motifs in the world are also antlered. And so like, for example, there are antlered chairs around, which when you're walking around a very dark place and you shine your light on antlered chairs, they look like antlers, which is terrifying yeah. um, and a really smart design yep. choice that I wish they hadn't thought of. But it's also like,
1: but the juxtaposition is hilarious because it's like that shit's scary, and then you're like, okay, so that's like the grandpa creature that's in this painting, and then it's like the sun and the and the you know like you know they're like holding hands (laughs) here while he's like you know learning his first uh, real burning or like you know it's not quite that, but like they have all this like family imagery like on all the walls, you know what I mean? And they just like they have like instruments around and they they have these indicators that they're not like just evil and yet they're fucking scary at yeah. times for sure yeah yeah it's
4: they're fun. just like spooky things did yeah.
2: anybody turn on they're like
4: gods or something
2: oh this is the less question. did anyone turn on the the less scary mode i did, I, did. You I, did? I will ad, yeah i will what admit it that do? i did um so apparently what it does
0: is that um it um so so i did try one time with it off and one time with it on and what i could discern is that with it on uh the creatures will leap at you and be kind of quicker and swipe at you more like just kind of more sudden movements less mouth mouth
2: opening less mouth opening in the less Um, scary mode do they still do like the really like the we're gonna bite you kind of situation yeah they
0: they still yeah they still do that animation. Like, the whole, I guess, execute mechanic, if you want to call it that, is the same. Mm-hmm. But they just... They they don't leap. They move a lot slower. And then, hmm. like, they just kind of grab at you a lot slower. So it's just kind of less of, like, the jerky mo- motions that can, like, truly frighten you. Hmm. You know, when you're running around in darkness. um, That's at least the only difference that I could discern. But How it's I not like you
1: difference. have like a f- like seven flashlights that all point yeah. each direction
2: or, or like, I was like yes like, so- are they gonna be kittens or something? like have you guys ever seen <laughs> when you can turn on like arachnophobia modes in games and it mm-hmm. takes the spiders and like takes their legs away or something and makes them into like fuzzy little
5: mm-hmm. like
2: it's just like it's very different i was like that wouldn't really make sense in the context of this game to like take these beautiful elk owl creatures and be like they're hamsters now <laughs>
0: exactly that sounds terrifying
2: <laughs> no they just replace them with
0: anglerfish that's all oh god exactly that's the extra uh, scary mode mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like no yeah james <laughs> had a visceral reaction to that no but like
1: oh my god i was thinking about that too when we when i initially thought it was going to be anglerfish at this i thought like dude like is that going to be their scary it's just gonna be more more seas which of anglerfish. Is a, it's enough which is scary but i was also like you know i don't know if that's that creative but like this is, but it is such scary. no because guys Guys, we are literally discussing a really similar gameplay shift to a game that we have played many moons ago that had such a different impact when it did this. But do you guys remember when, ooh, title, Ethan Carter oh. in the dungeon starts mm-hmm. jump scaring you in that yeah. fucking cave? Yep. <laughs> like, that's this game mode, but it's like, we ain't complaining about this shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, they actually did this one Right. Compared to that shit, mm-hmm. where you're like, you just ruined your entire game. But I was nervous; like, they could have ruined their entire game Ethan Carter style. But instead, I mean, this is scary. But I definitely, by no means, think it ruined it. it I feel like it fits well, like considering. Mm-hmm. So, fair yeah. play on that. Like, I, I was, I, I always get nervous when games like this add anything that really moves. Like, it's true, we did see the Nomai, but not really. You do talk to one, and you're like, "Hey, what's up, dude?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, what's up." And, like, there's some of that going on. But they don't just, like, walk around. Like, this game is about discovering essentially inanimate objects and being scared about the implications of why they're there. (laughs) 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 That's what the game is about. And then they're like, "Ah, fuck it. In this section, we're just going to have creatures walking around. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, if you do this wrong, there's so many ways you could ruin it because you're you're playing off this, like, fantasy of all these creatures or, like, what they could have done or Mm -hmm. what happened here before. And yet, I don't know. I think... I mean, I don't really like scary games personally, but I think this one was really well made.
0: It made sense Mm. for the context of the world itself and the story in itself. Because, like, once you realize that it's like, okay, like, the whole reason these creatures kind of chase after you and snuff out your flame is because you're you are in their virtual world and they're like who the fuck is this get him out of here (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it makes sense there and i i think that's also the reason why we disliked it in ethan carter was because the that whole segment in the mines with that ghost just like felt so disjointed from the story itself and it ends up oh the the ghost in the Minds was a story that ethan created himself and you know so that kind of loosely ties it into the story you're like no you put a fucking horror game in here all of a sudden what mm-hmm. the fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah and so and like i think Raphael had like mentioned when i was like oh this is spooky he's like well once you realize what they're actually doing it's not really that scary and i'm like okay yeah they're snuffing out my flame because i'm an intruder i get it i get it but like so it kind of, like, helped kind of quell the spookiness a little bit.
2: It didn't quell it all the way. I disagree categorically, and I told Raphael that to his face the other night. I, just, well, I, mean. <laughs>
3: I mean, I think personally, I don't really like horror games in general. It's not that, like, I get too scared in them and I can't handle it. It's just that I, I usually find them just not very interesting. Um, and so this game it i mean it had some scary moments but for me that really like seeing that they're just like taking a big breath and going on your like lantern i thought that was actually really cute in retrospect once i realized (laughs) that that's what they were doing it's like it's actually like kind of a kind gesture um anyway Mm -hmm. so after that i was like okay i understand where they're coming from and now i just gotta work around it and I yeah. just thought it they were really a little.
2: I mean, I know no shade on the game for this, but it was jump scary. Mm-hmm. You would get jump scared by these creatures. Like there were moments, there were frequent moments when McCoy and I would like be walking through an area. He's like, "Okay, Lane, like, they're going, they're going to be in here. I need you to just be cool. Like they're <laughs> going to be here. Don't freak out." I'm like, and I'm sitting there being like, "Yep, I'm totally, re- I'm fine. I know they're here. It's totally fine." And then I would just like just lose my shit because one of them would we come around a corner. I was like, is there, is there." Is there yeah. It's like, that's not calm. I need you to try again.
1: Like, you know that effect where like <laughs> you scare one bird for whatever reason because you like walked by it too close and then all birds in a 40 mile radius just yeah. decide to leave. Like it was like <laughs> it's like that when I'm like, Elena, don't get scared. And so I see this thing. And I'm like, yeah, I-, I saw his antler here and I knew he was there. And I even like was pointing, trying to like indicate. And then he like jumps out. And so I'm not scared in that moment. I mean, I am to some degree surprised. But what I'm really surprised by it's is the screaming. movement to my left. <laughs> That's just like, "Ah!" like that shit. (laughs) That shit like lights my whole nervous system on fire, and I'm just like, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, that's
2: why I won't be playing prey with you guys next week because actually, Mm -hmm. just McCoy can't handle me being there.
1: Fair enough. (laughs) It's 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 one of those things where like it's true that they blow out the flame. Right, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. still did not find myself letting them do that. When I was caught and it was over, I'd hit the start button and end that loop. Like I, you know, I just didn't want to <laughs> wait for that. And I think that's telling meditate enough.
0: Meditate until
2: next loop. Let's yeah, go. and gone. That's actually a major point of contention. McCoy prefers the full quit. Mm, I do. Ah. Uh,
1: so the menu. I mean, no, it's, I, 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 I did. We didn't have meditate for the entirety of our
2: original play. Yeah, yeah, we just
1: didn't ever talk to them about that because apparently, if you talk to him earlier enough he doesn't have that dialogue option so i just never knew mm-hmm. that there was the yeah, like like first two one. loops
5: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so like um, i so i just got in the habit of i'm not saying it's actually better or anything i just got in the habit of it I, so i just do it plus it gives you a lot of freedom to be able and you can maybe do this with meditate too but like is are there any cases like where you can't meditate or I guess you can just always meditate like oh no because it's because
0: it's in the pause menu the meditation until next loop so yeah basically it was just a nice way because also Mm. at least in the scary parts the meditation is nice because there's a deep breath that comes after the loop where he goes (sighs) and I was just like okay breathe Mm -hmm. we got this Mm -hmm. let's go back to the ship
3: (laughs) yeah yeah I did want to go back to the scariness. I think another thing that helped for me, and I'm wondering if this is like an effect of, like maybe you guys have played other horror games where you're expecting certain behavior from the the enemies, I guess. Uh, but they actually, in this game, they don't really go up to you that quickly if you spotlight them from far away. So I think one of the things I noticed from watching uh, McCoy and Elena playing uh, was that Like, as soon as they spotlighted anything, they were like, oh, we got to turn out the lantern. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually the wrong response, gameplay wise. It's like, okay, you want to see, like, you have time to look around and they're going to home in on wherever your lantern was last, but you figure out where you want to go that's not there. Uh, You can even just, like, keep them in the spotlight and watch them, like, creep up to you slowly. (laughs) (laughs) They don't, they don't leap until they get close. Um, and I guess I mainly found that that out when I was trying to get, there was like an achievement where it's like, you'll never catch me alive. And it's like, you jump off the edge and don't let them grab you at the last moment. Mm.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're like coaxing someone over the edge. like Yeah, so I was like
3: trying me. to do that. And I was like, wait, he's really just not coming over here. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, so I was actually using the light as a tool to bait them out into positions so that I could run past them in the darkness.
5: Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that. We actually were trying to exercise, check this theory, and this theory ended up kind of working. It was not the intentional path, Mm -hmm. but basically what happened was we uh, put our – okay, we went into the shadow realm. All right. We can call it the simulation, but that sounds so lame compared to the shadow realm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> or the spiritual. Like, I just like the spiritual. There's both the spiritual and the tech here together, which is a great hybrid. But but we went to the place in not River Lowlands, but maybe the second place. The, the Cinder Isles. Yeah, Cinder, Cinder Isles. Isles, the circular or like cylindrical tower or whatever. And we we were in there and if you're in there when the dam breaks, like the whole world like slants in this crazy way because the building you're in actually is slanting and there's like some really cool effects to that. But then if you're in there all the way there, it actually, that building towards the very, very end of the game actually breaks off.
2: It's at 20 minutes and 30 seconds. Thanks. You're welcome. Appreciate that. <laughs> um,
1: and so it collapses into the water and then it'll wake you up. And for that matter, kill everyone in that scary place where you blow out the lights, and so, what was interesting about that is the second we realized that, when we we got kicked out of that world, and the because the we, the building submerged itself in water, I was just sitting there, and the the music starts to play the like end of music, mm-hmm. and I'm tempted to hit the like quit and leave or and or meditate button depending on your preference in that area, but I just sat there, and I was like how long is this ending like music before the universe ends? Because in this exact small window, everyone in that village is dead. Could I time it such a way that I blow things out and the second I'm supposed to like, and I'm running through this area as they're coming after me, but the second that they basically would have found me, they all die. And then I run into the archives below. Mm -hmm. And actually, yes you can mm-hmm. and it's fucking badass now you you basically only have time to read one slide reel before you have to do it. so you have to do multiple runs to do it and it's definitely not the most efficient way to do it but there actually was a way to essentially get around all of this jump scare entirely mm-hmm. by doing a epic fucking run while the end of the universe music is playing and that yeah. is your window and was fucking sick
2: yeah. timers are required I, I... for that mm-hmm. it's complicated so I do admit,
0: so after my Starlet Canyon, you know, running from seven guys scare happened, I did look up one thing and I didn't look up any spoilers, but what I looked up was just the question, can you get through all three areas without like running from people? Mm-hmm. And the first YouTube video that comes up pops up is like, how to get through all three areas without encountering anyone. I'm just like, okay. I close the tab. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And from yeah. that moment onward, I was just like, all right, so what do I need to do? And I mean, there there were still some, you know, pursuals and some dying here and there and getting caught and whatnot. And so, like, the spooks weren't eradicated by any means. But, like, I think it greatly helped my own peace of mind to know that there were solutions in each of the three worlds that, like where i didn't have to deal with like you know blindly running through an area being like don't scare don't scare don't scare fuck
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean we were definitely avoiding those because we thought we're either gonna have to get scared a bunch or we're gonna have to find another way Mm
5: -hmm.
1: and so yeah that's a cool metagame of like finding and i think that's just like a naturally what scared players are gonna try to do (laughs) (laughs) and that's awesome i'm glad that there was solutions for all of them that way that's kind of badass
2: it's also like a training of the game right like if you've if you've played the base game of outer wilds you understand in like a real way that like the world changes as time goes on and that different opportunities open up to you and so i think like coming into play the dlc we're like ah yes we can like that that solution was very obvious to us Of like they will die we can go back in after that um because i feel like in the original it just would have t- I think it would have taken us longer had we not already kind of understood that concept.
1: Oh, and by the way, just for fun, how to actually do this is actually a little bit complicated. And it felt almost like solving a puzzle. So I don't know if it was intentional or it wasn't. It clearly wasn't the main path. But like you can't get to this place, the place where you blow out the, the thing and you go down into the archive. You can't get to there via raft unless you go there first and illuminate the raft landing spot. Um, at least I, I think mm-hmm. I, that we were, we were writing on that information. If that's not true, holy shit, we were wasting our time, but we were no, like, that's Shh. correct. That was so
0: that's correct. Okay. Yes. Sick.
1: Okay, good. Thank God. So then we're like starting by like jumping in there as part of our, our route. Right. And then like waiting a certain amount of time there going, you know, then you want to mm-hmm. go to a place that doesn't get destroyed by the water. So that's like the third place, like up. In the, I keep calling far right area, not politically, but just like rather you have to take the raft really hard to the right or else you won't get there. Um, And like it takes you. Hmm? Yeah, I think it calls it the hidden village. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Hidden. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it's just, it's just, it's just like a, it's a cool sequence to do it. It's a small story. It's, you don't just get it for free and it's a cool uh, sequence and it ends with a, you know, like a very choreographed like stopwatch timer plus you get
2: dope music as you do it yeah
1: it's just badass man (laughs) I recommend everyone should try that run just for fun like it was awesome um it's also really hard you have to fucking book it and you can like fall in in that room for some reason there's like places to fall and there's like traps basically Mm -hmm. it's not really traps but there's like places you can fall so you have to like you have to get your movement on point and you have to like think about the fastest way because you need to take those oh my god those fucking hands that teleport you bro (laughs) what the (laughs) fuck dude (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh. <laughs> what? the first time the first time I focused on one of those and warped to it one I jumped out of my chair I yeah. screamed and then the second <laughs> I was just like what the fuck just
2: happened to me it's <laughs> such a like well designed <laughs> experience like the sound design mm-hmm. and the visual design and like the movement of that moment really all work together to make it extremely discomfor- discomfort di- uncomfortable uncomfortable
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my god! And does I don't think that one really stopped for me. I'm not saying that it hit the same time as I as the first time, but like it hit every time for me. Like
2: I did like when we started playing with Raphael, and you just hear him in the background. Like we're both like oh, and he's like the claw. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> every time, and I'm like okay, this makes it better.
1: Yeah, they yeah, should true. put I, Raphael's
2: voice in the less scary mode.
1: <laughs> it's like when they dub over those like those like uh highlight videos or whatever where it's like pew 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 like ah dart like and then they like you know they like they like say all the voice lines and shit too it's it's like that but it'd just be like instead of the foom it's just like the claw yeah exactly <laughs> every time and then he says it looks at the next one because he's like doing like the, the run we're talking about where you have to do two claws back to back be like the claw the claw like you know just yeah. like fuck it's it, so bad but anyways yeah like oh god yeah it's true i i enjoyed the claws
0: Mm -hmm. i mean they were they were super smooth when you realize that they're about to have like when you have your route down Mm -hmm. they didn't scare me anymore but like the first couple ones that i discovered i was like (laughs) jesus christ
1: well it's the way that you don't it's like you don't intend to activate it you're just trying to see it Mm -hmm. and it just sucks you like, what the fuck you know like it just it just i feel this way about video games too like and this is why, so we have, like, I don't need to explain the technical setup, but I have multiple keyboards and multiple mouse attached to the same computer because I have two stations. Like, one's, like, my workstation. One's, like, my hardcore it's gaming. It's your Valorant station. By don't Valorant lie to the people. Station. It's yeah, exclusively yeah, yeah. for Valorant. It's actually true. I, I I game a lot more on the workstation when it's not Valorant, but it's not important. But the point is there's two keyboards and two mice hooked up at all times, so I can, like, move and have different desks at different heights, whatever, different mouse parts. Okay. The point of it, though, is that, like, Alain, it's, it's where Elaine is sitting. And so she'll, like, put down her like notes or her water or whatever and she'll like move the mouse out of the way which is connected to the computer and it'll like take control and move the camera and it scares the fuck out of me
5: there's just something about
1: like when I play a video game I am like one with the game and every single thing that's happening I'm calculating in my head and I'm playing the game obviously physically but also in my mind like when I do this I'm intending to this when I do this I'm intending to do this and the second something happens that I didn't intend to happen and I don't know why it's this insane feeling of like terror and it was the same with the hands when they sucked me up for the first time and it's the same when just randomly you put your notes down. (laughs) Just, like, the character just, like, juts his over to the right. And I'm like, oh, God, we're found. Because, like, it reminds me of, like, uh, Fallout or something. When an NPC talks to you from behind and your camera just freezes. And then you, like, whips over to the right. Like, hi, sir. And you're like, I'm the police. Like, you need to go to jail. It just, it just, it's just terrifying. So, yeah. There's something about when a game does something you don't expect. That mm-hmm. you di- you feel like you didn't mean to orchestrate. That, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Brutal.
0: So, James... How did you handle the scares with this?
4: So I watched Raphael play this game, um, which was great because he would say, the claw. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that wasn't that scary. Um, I would whimper a lot and then check out for a couple minutes.
2: It was so sad, James. Even when you were watching, you had already played this section. Even when you were watching me and McCoy play, you could still hear James whimpering in the background.
1: Yeah, James is a whimper. Although it's what's funny is like I might describe it as a whimper like behind his back or something like that, but for him to just come out and say it I think is a real, it's really like a a good (laughs) self-awareness.
5: I don't know. Uh, uh. Uh,
4: And then... um. I would check out for a few minutes while Raphael like, beast-moded some stealth thing, and then I'd come back when it wasn't as scary anymore. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Nice. Mm-hmm. Which was really, really great. That I highly suggest everybody find themselves a, a Raphael to play scary games mm-hmm. for you. That sounds good. <laughs> Yeah. yeah,
0: unfortunately that's in the loot box that they're
2: going to release for this yeah. game. Yeah. And you might not get a Raphael. Yeah. It like could be Raphael. You know what or... it is? Yeah. You
1: know what it is? It's like with those fucking games where you would see at a fucking pizza place that have like a claw <laughs> and every time it goes down to pick up the Raphael loot box, it just goes, the claw or some shit. Oh god. Oh, my inflection was so. What awful is that from? Lines. I don't know. What is, is the claw from, from. Toy Story. Toy Story. Yeah, Toy Story? And also oh, from childhood. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know
4: yeah. yeah. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, oh. so um it was uh it was scary, man. Yeah. Um but definitely like it was really fun, like really a great experience. Um despite the whimpering yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: honestly i felt the same way like it's scary and i don't like scary because it's like i i just because it's scary yeah it's like why am i choosing to do this to myself when i when i could choose to do something else it's like it's like you see two options and like one hurts you and the other one doesn't and you're like tough choice like it's not a tough choice Mm -hmm. for me (laughs) you know what i mean but yet like it is in this game i think because it's it's just it's just great it's just a great experience. And like, it has a, a lot of momentum to it. And I think that's, we've talked about some yeah. of the factors why, but it has a lot of momentum to it. And I think just cause you're so much more experienced and you're able to meditate and every time you want, and like, you don't have to sit there at the end of the run. Like you just, you know what I mean? Like for me, it's just quitting out, but it's like the going in to get something done or to experiment more about something. I, I mean, I personally almost always felt like I had plenty of time to like the, 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 the cycles felt long enough to, like, mm-hmm. try something and then maybe try something else if I want to, or I could just quit out. And it was just, like... It kind of was roguelike-esque in a way. This game is kind of a roguelike. You were saying that, Elena, like... Because yeah. we are kind of doing runs, Well, definitely, right? like, when
2: you're... I think, too, there's an aspect to playing the DLC that, like, when you finish when you finish the base game, you're doing a final run. Like, the last thing you do in the base game, right, is, like, a final run. It's the accumulation of everything that you know about the game, and you go... And you run through the world one last time to do, spe- to do something specific. And if you're like, McCoy and I, you practice that run like 30 times before yep. you do it because it's yep. is serious shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I think like, again, like having had that experience, we approach this DLC as being like, all right, what's the run? Um And so that makes it very roguelike in certain ways. Like when we're trying to be like, okay, we have one minute and 30 seconds to get through this area after everyone's dead. Like how are we going to do it? Let's practice the run. Let's trace our paths. Um, Yeah, it becomes like a very roguelike moment.
1: And like I feel like Outer Wilds has always had like a a workflow decision that like preference you can have where you could do – in fact, James, I think you were talking about this one time where you were like – Oh, like it's really awesome that you want to do that first in this loop because then, like, you can experiment this other thing towards the end of the loop. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I was like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. I never, almost never approached the game that way. I would go in with one singular goal. And if it was, to, if I succeeded, then I would, even if like I could go over to another place and check something out before the world ends, unless it was right there for the most part, I would quit and come back because you can get to the ship really fast. And there's something about the way that I like to approach things, just personal preference wise, where it's, it's focused. Like I have one goal for this and I'm going to go and achieve it. And the second I achieve it, I want to go and read the ship's log about it and I want to figure it out and then I can move on to the next thing. And I think it supports both really well. Like I'm sure if you wanted to just go and and make efficient runs through the world where you pair different things and you bounce around, I'm sure that would be really awesome too. Just a really cool thing to be honest about mm-hmm. the, the way the world works. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Definitely.
0: And so... I mean, so why are we going into these dream states exactly? Like we we are trying to open this vault that we find in the stranger that has three keys to it, all which contain three codes that we must obtain. And so each of the three dream worlds supposedly holds this key to how to which, unlock Which by the way
4: is so video gamey.
0: Mhm. <laughs> so
4: video gamey. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It really is, and but then it whole... turns out you don't need the codes; you just need mechanics.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: and yeah. So I think this is also just kind of where we can talk about like the uh, the three new mechanics that they they introduced in, into this uh, into this world, which I thought were just really super creative, and it all just has to deal with you know anywhere from. Being able to like manipulate the simulation you're in to actually pulling up the simulation itself and being able to see like the internal glitched out version of the world. The Matrix version, I like to call it. Mm. Um Or even just, I don't know, altering the state of your being before you enter the dream world even. And I thought all three of those were just really super creative yeah, uh, in how to unlock They're the puzzles. They're kind of...
4: They're kind of no clip, wall hacks, and invincibility. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, I was gonna say was, de- yeah. dev mode, no clip, god mode. That's well, hilarious. I was too,
2: yeah. I was gonna ask Raphael because I feel like Raphael, you're like the most science fi like science fight, sci-fi? sci-fi, sci-fi literate. I think out of our group. But I, the whole time we were playing it, like after you discover the first one, all I could think of was like these are just glitches in the matrix. Like that's what we're doing <laughs> is like we're exploiting glitches in the matrix right now. And I was wondering, like, are these? Com- I was like, are these common, like, known things that people could do to fuck with simulations? Because I'd be really curious if, like, someone came in and was like, "Ah, uh, yes, this is a simulation." You know what I want to try? I want to try jumping out of bounds, or I want to try dying. Like, I wonder if people could come to that organically if they knew kind of what they were working with.
4: I think mm-hmm. it's more like just games.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's it's got more to do with game stuff than, I mean, I guess simulations in sci-fi. I'm trying to think if I've seen, like,
4: discussions of bugs in them. Um, yeah, not... definitely. I mean, like, like Neuromancer has some of that, right? E...
3: Mm, I mean, so Neuromancer is more about the brain-computer interface.
4: Yeah, yeah, true. And... More uh, than like bugs. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I think like uh Snow Crash discusses some like I guess dev mode like stuff internals. Um but I don't remember there being and I guess there's a virus in it.
4: Yeah, there is the virus.
2: Mm. <laughs> oh, sorry, we don't have to like get into like super details.
4: Yeah, anyway. I mean the thing is all of this all of this stuff is definitely like background reading for this game. Sure. And, like, the people that made the game cl- are clearly, like, people that love science fiction.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. yeah. And, sure. like, the Ringworld spaceship is definitely, you know, part of that. Um, there's just a lot of callbacks to themes and sci-fi. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I feel like knowing that it may have been inspired by video games actually makes me like it better. I mean, that's super cool.
1: All I can say is that they hid these mechanics in plain sight in such a way that I, I am just endlessly impressed by that thing, these these things being there the whole time.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: But like, because I did not discover putting down, I didn't realize you could put down the lantern at all, even. um And I definitely did not discover that one by accident. We had to be, we had to see the explanation of it. But I did actually discover, like we said, the... The sleeping at the the thing with the, mm-hmm. the, because at some point I was just trying all sorts of shit with that device. I would carry it with me every run and just try it on weird shit. And yeah, we. I knew just there walk it up to stuff and just like. Sh- sh- you know, just, like, pressing the little it button was, next to yeah. the thing. Like, can I grab this? <laughs> else, like, I was,
2: like, convinced that it was, like, a. I was convinced it was a claw, essentially. That it was, like, a little grabby hand. So I was, like, try and pick that shit up. Like, get the ghost claw. matter. Can we hold ghost matter in that yeah, thing? Yeah, so
1: that was a good guess. It's, like, maybe ghost matter. But the other thing, by the way, that we found an accent was the invisible walkways. Because I was attempting to jump off and suicide myself to get out of the dream world. <laughs> and I walked on an invisible bridge, like... What?
2: Yeah, and then and I and fell and then, off it. And then Raphael <laughs> gaslit you about it because he didn't yeah. want you to know. <laughs> He's like, I don't know
1: what you're talking about, man. I was I was like, like, I, I didn't see think that McCoy hallucinated. I was like, Elena, did you see that? But then you were like looking down writing notes. I was
2: looking at my notes.
1: And I was like, guys, <laughs> I just walked on thin air like fucking Indiana Jones style. Like he kicks the fucking dust on the bridge. Like
2: And Raphael's like, No you didn't. <laughs> essentially. <laughs>
4: Look, wait, what are you and doing? I muted
1: myself and laughed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? Guys, what? Nobody? And Elena literally, the only person who could have, with great definitive nature, been like, yes, we gotta try this, was like, no, I was writing notes. Like, don't you told do it. me to write No, 100%, down. I understand. It was just like, <laughs> fuck,
2: that he would see that. Somebody clipped that shit. And then like yeah, like, yeah, literally minutes later, we found it for real.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. But But the amount of other ones that are still there, like, yeah, like the dev mode being just at your fingertips the whole time, but even like dying and then going into the world,
5: mm-hmm.
1: like yeah, the fact that there's
4: like a, a ring of dead people around the around the um the fire, yeah, is like a sign that maybe you could die. Yeah, should
2: have clued us in then that was possible. But-
4: Well, it could have clued us in. Like, that's not—that's by no means obvious.
2: That's true. "Should" is a strong word. You guys found one of them, right, Rafael and James? Did you find dev mode by accident?
4: We found yeah, we found dev mode. Whoa. We were trying to. We realized that they couldn't. The, the. What do you call them? The the like owls.
3: I was calling them the strangers, I guess. But yeah, so we (laughs) realized that the strangers were finding us by our light. So I was like, what if we just left our light? back at the entrance and then tried to sneak past and
5: then we found
1: death mode yeah cool and then we were Ah. like what (laughs) damn yeah that must have blown your fucking (laughs) (laughs) minds yeah yeah
4: yeah it did we were at the um uh the mansion yeah the the Uh, endless that was the first place we found too god damn yeah Wow. Because,
3: I mean, I think we didn't figure out how to enter the simulation until it told us with the uh, the slide reel, I guess, which you find like, That's right. in the hidden village. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: yeah.
0: Right. I mean, like, I remember seeing the option to set down your lantern or set down the artifact, and I just remember being like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why the <laughs> fuck would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> so I just ignored it because I was just like well this is clearly for an achievement or something like I don't know traverse through the world with no light I don't know and so (laughs) just yeah but also like it's also just because of the environmental design like they it really depends on light Mm -hmm. so much where even if you douse it Mm. and try to walk a couple feet you suddenly get so turned around or at least I was like I had zero directional sense without a light in there definitely um so Definitely not meant to be, like, intentional, but, like, I love the way that you guys came across that solution, Raphael and James, because it's just like, yeah, like, that makes total sense why you would stumble upon that if you think that they don't like light. Um... I mean I've, I've also just like seen people comment being like oh yeah I realized you could die and still get into the world because you know I exited out of there the loop is about to end so I decided to suicide myself on the fire before yeah. you know mm-hmm. just to end the loop and I woke up
2: in the dream world and I'm like wow that's convenient
5: yeah
2: I think that's like that I think that that is like the core of like one of my favorite things about Outer, Outer Wilds and like what I think it does better than I'm trying to think of another game that rivals it but like Those moments of, like, accidental or intentional discovery, like, where you try something or stumbling across something and you're right in some way and, like, something crazy happens are just, like, it's just such an amazing feeling. Like, that sense of, like, exploration and just trying something and having this, like, big reveal happen. The base game had it, too. Um
3: yeah like with the tower of quantum knowledge yeah
2: sure or with anything that you just like happen to figure out you like you teleported. happen to figure out how to get in that jellyfish yeah the first time you teleport there's so many things in there that like that that sense of like re- that re- there's just so much reward in figuring something like that out like i remember the time when like, we fell asleep in there and we woke up and we were like it's dark and i'm like we're like looking around like oh my fucking god what happened? And I'm like, they're fucking gone. And I'm yeah. like, scream, I'm like yelling at McCoy. I'm like, McCoy, McCoy, they're gone. They're good. Cause it's like, <laughs> you, you can't mm-hmm. manufacture like a sense of excitement and like just stumbling into something big like that.
1: And, and, and it just, it's this, it, you know, it feels like actually, like, I feel like this is something that Adam would talk about a lot where he'd be like, you actually like you you recognize that it was underneath your nose the whole time you know mm-hmm. what i mean like that feeling of like oh shit it was right there and in fact there were like even signals that were there and the, I, I felt like i I continually felt like wait really like really as in like there was just the the sun or whatever their planet in all the imagery and that's the one it's like oh, and they all had two lanterns by them just to make sure I didn't accidentally grab one and then have it, like, go. But then you're like, wait, the whole time I could have just grabbed two lanterns and I would have just opened this passageway. And
2: I'm having the massive sense of deja vu where I feel like I said this exact same thing in the original episode, but, like, somebody did, like, somebody out there did that. Yeah. Somebody out there took two lanterns away, like, their first time they got on of the stranger and the door opened and they saw those corpses and, like, they had that moment just like completely organically. And yeah. this game doesn't you don't have to have any of those moments for this game to be really good, but if you do, it's just like yeah. It's amazing.
1: Well, think about like what the guide would be like for a lesser game. The guide would be like, like I want the <laughs> I want the dual katanas. How do I do it? Well, you have to get to level 6. And then when you start level six, you have to unlock this door and go through this and this sequence and you have to do it with, with this amount of time before whatever. And this game, it's like, oh, the dual katanas are just there. You just have to understand how to open this door. Like, and if you understand how to open this door, you can just get them in the first second of the game. You know what I mean? It's a, but, it, but the learn, so it's like, mm-hmm. they don't level gate you is what I'm really trying to get at. The game doesn't like gate you really from
2: almost <laughs> anything.
1: It's not afraid for
4: the player to figure something out or stumble on something.
2: Yeah. I think that's a really good Mm -hmm. way to say it.
4: And, like, get, like, sequence break by accident. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no such thing as sequence break. Yeah.
2: And I think, like, in fact, they want you to have that experience. Like, they want you to do that at some point. Because it's fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's the mystery. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, like, I actually think that was one of my favorite parts about this expansion. I mean I wouldn't say it was like my favorite by far, but just a one element that really added like going into the to the ghost world, Mm -hmm. right, early without a goal and leaving being like, I didn't get anything in my ship logs really that I can work with. Like I clearly this is important, but I don't know what but it was just like mysterious. And it added to the mystery and I knew it would come back, but I didn't know when. And I didn't think like oh I sequence broke or anything. I just I just was like that needs to get written down in the notes. We mm-hmm. need to come back there sometime. I don't know why or what. But yeah.
2: That was I th- oh sorry, go ahead, Raphael.
3: I was gonna say one of my favorite moments from the base game about this is actually just like realizing that the scene you've been seeing when you wake up every time of the probe being launched yeah. from Giant Steep is like important to your entire mission. And then you've been seeing it every single time and just not really realizing what's happening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're wondering. That was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: On the occasion. And I think yeah. it's like you can you can
3: even get it without it being important to your progression. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about that actually, because every time you start the DLC, obviously you wake up in the original world. I don't know. So you see it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. Remember when we chased that thing down?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, there's so little in this game in the sequence of its events that is random. That I think maybe like the trajectory with which the probe is shot, right? It's when different you first every wake time, up. But, that's but that's part of the story, yeah. right? But because there isn't randomness like when you do your speed run style, would you like get up like <gasps> and you just like fucking run to the elevator, you hit that thing, look forward, jump, run to the fucking spaceship, go grab your suit, go to the thing, set your marker, go to the thing, like lift off, set your, you know, autopilot. If you do all that in like a reasonable sequence, like, you will arrive at the place you're trying to go exactly the same time pretty much every single time. And when you do that, it just, like, it just gives you such an unbelievable appreciation of the world and how it's ticking. Like, what's happening? You know what I mean? Like, in, in all sorts yeah. of things. Like, what parts of the world right now are collapsing into this, like, black hole or white hole or something? I'm not sure. Um, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you can, you can literally understand the way that that planet is like breaking apart and how that's working because you just keep running it and seeing these things break. So then I felt the same way about the buildings breaking and washing away like around. I just I I understood so intimately like how this place destroys itself and what that means and like how long I had between these sections just because like you just run by the same thing it's ex- working the same way. And it's instead of like I just I don't know the 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 non-randomness of it The way that it is all so so scripted it seems or so continuous or like the same it's just i I feel like it's just such a beautiful element because you just become so familiar with it Mm -hmm. like so familiar with the world and and these different pieces and how it changes and when it changes and what that means and oh god that's pretty good it's all right (laughs) It's all right.
2: (laughs) You said something earlier, McCoy, that I made me remember that I wanted to ask the group about something. I have a theory about this DLC a little bit and about how they designed it. I think that they designed the DLC, although I think in some ways to be easier because it is more contained. I think the clues are more explicit, but I also think it's a little bit that they wanted it to be sort of hard mode because you don't get access. You aren't looking at your ship's log very much. And I think, um, oh, like in
1: the stranger or in the yeah,
2: when you're in the stranger, you aren't really you aren't using your ship because you're just rolling around in there. You can't get your ship inside the actual stranger. But then also in the dream world, or whatever we want to call it, in the simulation, you don't get ship log updates. I don't think.
5: I don't remembering think so. right, no, and I don't you think don't so. you
2: like you're not looking at your ships. Like I just think that they took that away from you a little bit. Um, and we're sort of like, you've played the base game of this. You understand kind of what you're looking for. Like, we're kind of going to give you some space and distance from your ship's log. You'll just have to kind of see if you think this was important. And you can check it. You can check it whenever you want. Like, you can exit and go look at it at the end of your next day. But I thought they kind of gave you some distance from that ship's log.
1: Yeah. And, and distance from a lot hmm. of your tools that you would use to, like, kind of break... Like if you if you watched us towards the end, right? We'd be rolling through. Like I'm sure everyone had this experience where they roll up to the stranger and it's like that amazing effect that we talked about, where you see the stranger for the first time. But it doesn't matter because you just lock onto the like the bay. You turn yourself around the right way. You go in. Like you're not worried about that. You've seen this a million times. You open that door with the light. Like it's no big deal. You've seen this a million times. But the first time you do all that stuff, it's so intense. And especially it's so intense because they strip away so much stuff that you would actually use, especially when you get into the dream world. Like you can't thruster around and just like troll all over the place and fly and like try to keep your momentum. You can't shoot a probe to light things up or like to look around a corner or like whatever. You can't even just pull out your 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 listening device or, or really anything. So when they limit all of that stuff from you and take the shiplock away from you in this like dream world, It really focuses you on like you're vulnerable, you're slow. Yeah, that's the other thing. If you want to look forward in front of you, you're basically super fucking slow, super fucking Mm -hmm. slow. So, yeah, I I agree with you. It's a lot that kind of keeps you like you're helpless. You're scared. Like that's just where you are. There's no sick, nasty momentum because like, dude, I would I would literally drift down the stairway to get to the to the fire Mm -hmm. like once you open up the the thing with the lanterns i would like drift via the the uh the thrusters just because like you just you just should man it's just it's just badass it's fun it's speed run mode but then all that goes away in there yeah yeah
0: i mean all like yeah all of your your hud stuff your your thrusters everything like all the status your place in the world just gets left for nothing you're like oh shit <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it goes walking somewhere on your ass <laughs> yeah
0: and especially in a horror game when you have no run button also uh <laughs> mm-hmm. also makes it very hard
1: yeah yeah it's so yeah cool
0: oh. Oh, i was just going to say um do we want to talk about what's within the vault then yeah, yeah, we do. I love him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. So Elena's new boyfriend is in the mm-hmm. vault. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: seven out of ten would cuddle. Yeah, well, he only has one hand, <laughs> so it's easier to cuddle. But
1: yeah, yeah, potentially it's yeah. An eight. But yeah, but it's yeah, softer you, on you that essentially,
0: side. you know, using the three mechanics, you know of. we kind of touched on in terms of like breaking the virtual world you do end up opening this vault and going down to this chasm where you find an actual live you know creature who the game calls the prisoner and kind of similar to the base game you have a moment with another species of communication where you kind of communicate information back and forth using a particular set of um, tools. Like for the Nomai, it was like communicating through stone panels and like (laughs) finding stone combinations to ask questions. Um, And the creatures in this game that you, are like how you communicate with the prisoners through these like, I call them vision staffs. Yeah, selfie sticks. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, selfie so <laughs> offensive to what this game is. <laughs> Thanks, I hate that. <laughs>
3: I think vision staff is the term he uses in game,
0: yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but yeah, so basically uh, the prisoner takes the staff and he scans his mind and he goes on to project to you how he ended up there in the first place. Um, and yeah, it just so ends up, you know, that these, these creatures had been, they basically decimated their home world to create a space shuttle to pursue the eye of the universe only to get there and realize that the eye of the universe means destruction. They get very angry and decide to like block the signal of the eye of the universe from anybody ever finding it. Um, but in doing so, they realize the sacrifice they made. They create this virtual world and they all disappear inside the virtual world of their home world because they have nothing left. Mm-hmm. But this signal of the eye of the universe is blocked. But this prisoner at one point wakes up and he unblocks the signal mm-hmm. for a brief moment because he thinks that his species should not live in fear. He gets found out. He gets caught and he Therefore in the stream world gets locked in this vault and has basically been like living down there for th- hundreds of thousands of years is what i gather it doesn't seem like that species eats
2: so they're also I don't all know. dead
3: <laughs> yeah i mean like, i think like their he physical
2: bodies well. right right am i understanding this Are correctly dead.
4: they're desiccated <laughs> corpses yeah
2: but also Oh, I mean Do you meet I guess him
4: in the dream world sense. or do
1: you not meet him in the dream world?
4: It's you, in the dream world. Yeah. You meet him in oh. the dream
0: world. But I, but I also remember one of the places with the corpses, one of the stalls is, has a missing body in it.
3: Yeah, I think his body yeah. is in the vault.
0: Because it's in the, the vault. real world mm-hmm. vault. The I see. real world vault. But we never encounter that. I see. Okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um. But yeah, so he basically gets locked in this vault until he dies. But he's been living in this dream world, and since you continue on living in the dream world until you yourself are, are perish in the dream world, like he has no ways of dying in that world, I guess. So he's just kind of been living in this dream world for ages. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, what yeah. happened? Like. he he tells you the story but then you yourself get to use the vision staff and it it, the most beautiful story then comes out of this um where you tell the prisoner that okay yes this happened to you but because you sent out that signal for such a short period of time here is all of the stuff that has culminated and has happened because you sent out you know because you allowed that signal to go Mm -hmm. out and it's so fucking beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> It was mm-hmm. a very poetic and beautiful. I mean, the, the music and the visuals is also just like gorgeous when you tell the story. But you kind of just like tell the prisoner like this is what you've done. Like this is what you've inspired.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, I think it's just very beautiful to that. Having played and loved the original game. I thought that little vignette, like story that you tell the, the prisoner is like a, just a really like a beautiful recap of everything that you discovered and kind of like anything, everything you went through in the base game. It's like a little love story to their own story, I guess. Because mm-hmm. um, it shows like your friend, it shows your friends and it shows you as a little kid. Yep. Um, like looking at the museum you're and being excited about eyes, it. Man. Yeah, you you're just little four eyes, You look ridiculous. You're little I keep forgetting. You look like that. So, <laughs> um, so I, I think, I mean, we know about this, but I think, look, if you've gotten to this point in the podcast, you should probably have already played this. But if you haven't, for some reason, and you're still interested, despite the fact that we spilled out, like, I just people should play the DLC after I think the so. base game. I think that that sequence makes sense mm-hmm. because I think yeah. that, like, that little story. As like a as a recap of everything that you've discovered and known in the OG outer wilds, I thought wow. was really super Yeah, you lovely. tell
1: your fucking story, man. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like and you are an yeah. alien to them and you get to be another nomad to like this creature. And and the way that they incorporate this DLC into the fold of the original game, like it could so easily have been like, remember the fucking outer wilds? Like All right, guys, like hit the Outer Wilds notes. But like instead they like find a way to like connect all these stories like to as Zoe was suggesting, like this guy is in some to some degrees responsible for everything. Like Mm -hmm. and so, you know, this isn't like a DLC where you just buy it. And now all of a sudden, like, I don't know, like everything in the world is different or like affairs in town and fucking it's like it's like it actually comes into the fold of the rest of the game if that makes sense. And they do so even in the most intense way at the very end where this guy is outside the fire like of all the people playing the instruments and he's like outside, like not sure if he can come join everyone in this final song to play for the end of the game. And because he's fucking DLC, he wasn't there. Like, you know what I mean? He literally represents the DLC being outside and the way that they allow you to usher him into the game. You know what I mean? No, you deserve to be here. We, like, at least me in particular, I didn't want you DLC. I was nervous that you would ruin the game, but you have earned your way. Come join in the final fire. Like, and it just, it's so harmonious, literally from a music standpoint, but also just, (laughs) that's just how this game rolls. The harmony on all of their stuff, including this DLC that came after the fact, it just ends up ending up exactly where it needs to be in the game mm-hmm.
2: to, to fit. Yeah. I have a question for Raphael.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Raphael, at some point, I don't remember exactly when, you mentioned to me or to us, to the general population, that mm-hmm. this makes sense. That, 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 like, the, essentially, the strangers are the reason why you can't get a signal from the eye of the universe right now, Like that you couldn't do that in the base game. Mm -hmm. So do you think that they, I don't want to say knew about this DLC, but, like, I wonder, like, this game is so tight in terms of the way that things logically work. I wonder if they had some inkling or some explanation for that. But, like, before this DLC was conceived of.
3: Oh, that I'm not sure. I mean, I think in a lot of stories, there's sort of, like, unexplored gaps where you can fill in things retroactively Mm -hmm. and still have it tie in beautifully and this could have been that but they also could have planned it out like it's really hard to know yeah Yeah.
1: but it ties in fucking beautifully go
0: ahead yeah i watched that no clip documentary Mm -hmm. on outer wilds Mm -hmm. and i'm not quite sure if it was the case for them but it also seemed like once they got a publisher that they seemed like they were on some sort of like pseudo deadline to get the game out Mm -hmm. like it it wasn't like a very tight deadline they were able to like you know refine all the elements of it but i am curious if like maybe they had this like this idea of bringing in this third species but then maybe they were just like oh god that's just too much for this game in its current state maybe we just leave it with the nomai yeah
1: Although it's it's interesting, though, because I feel like it might be that reason, but from the other direction or something like that, where it's like because like when we were watching that documentary, one of the things that struck me so much is that the publisher, Annapurna, came in and said, listen, man you guys won like three indie game awards like in a fucking row for this thing. And they're like, yeah, man, thanks for giving us the cash. We're just going to put it out as as is. And they're like, no, you're going to fucking remake this whole thing and make it the game that it actually can be. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a real art style. You're going to do this right. You're going to like make this the big grand adventure that you want. Here's the money. And so maybe when they took that challenge on, they thought to themselves like you're saying, okay, this might be too much to add this last piece we have a lot to do because apparently they were just trying to push this out as something that that we never would have played and because it would have been like oh the art style is all right but it looks kind of janky i guess it's like a student project or something no no, that's a real company or something like that oh they did they work on mobile games but Annapurna walked in there and said fuck that we are paying you to make the beautiful game that this actually fucking is like do it right i'll see you later and i i i I just find Mm. that so incredible because because Aren't publishers like ninety eight percent like evil or Andor just necessary things in the industry of like, we will give you the money, but what you must do is add a loot boxes. Like, <laughs> <it's> like. <laughs> <laughs> but here, Annapurna once again ends up just being like, the hero in the
2: scene. The fairy godmother
1: that comes in with an actual vision, or Andor sees the vision and just goes, "You can't to do shortchange this. You just can't do it." Dude, I think they should have a menu option straight in the middle of the in the menu. That's a link to that no clip documentary. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a great. It's documentary. really good. And they should make another documentary for Echoes of the Eye. Please do it now. Listen to me, no clip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we can find out the
3: answer. Like, was this planned
1: from the yeah, start? Just yeah, just be really
2: curious. I feel like. Yeah. I I feel like they had some my, rationale for why there was no signal. It may or may not have been the stranger, but I bet they had a reason.
4: Yeah. Um my my personal inclination was that it was they it was not that they they wrote this as the reason. Mhm. That's my inclination. Um and I, I don't know, I don't quite remember why that was my inclination, but it was.
3: I
2: yeah. think that would be mine, too.
4: I well. mean, I th- think, like, before I kind of had an
3: internal explanation for why the eye sent out, like, why they only got the signal once, and that mm-hmm. was sort of like, I don't know, the eye is the embodiment of quantum phenomena, and it's unpredictable and random, and maybe it, like it sends a focus signal out that's at a random direction every time or something. Hmm. And that's yeah. yeah.
1: I, I just, if like you're talking about like my, my instincts, my instincts tell me that the first game was essentially like, okay, it's not to say they didn't have anything on the cutting room floor, but it's just to say like, it was essentially perfect and all that they needed. And then with its incredible reception, they like came back for the encore and they made this. And mm-hmm. and I think it's because they're so expert at what they do that that they incorporated it into the original thing in such a way that only only the creator could have lovingly done, really. Yeah. That's the feeling I get, but Yeah. No evidence there.
4: And maybe I mean maybe parts of it, I mean I'm sure parts of it are from like the cutting room floor. Um which is to say things that were super awesome, but beyond the scope of the project. Yeah. Um, I think... Um, it does kind of feel like the the whole story of The Stranger is kind of an incredible addition to the outer wilds partly because like the stranger enters the solar system and then leaves you know i i so i think it's like this kind of very elegant motif
3: Um, oh yeah speaking of which i don't know if the rest of you encountered this but uh so one of the advantages of not quitting out prematurely okay. is uh, there's actually a different yeah. ending to the loop, um, yep. In the Stranger, which is that instead of the sun incinerating you, you really just see the process of like the memory transfer starting, mm-hmm. and yeah, this is another one of those things where it's like it's front of you, it's in front of you this entire time, but it's really easy to miss its significance, mm-hmm. uh, which is that. Yeah. The stranger is not actually dying to the supernova. It is escaping.
4: Yeah. Mm.
3: That's And you and can badass. figure that out. And so, yeah, there's actually you like can probably that out. there's a copy the room of you, uh yeah. in each of the strangers flying away.
4: Mm. Um, but James, you were saying. Uh, you can figure that out because well, how we figured it out was um the room at the top of the dam. Yeah, Um, which is like a sun observation room or whatever.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: It has a diagram of the like the power of the stranger that's filling up uh, after the solar sails open,
5: Mm
4: -hmm. Um, and then also like some sort of suggestion that. It's leaving.
2: Yeah, because there's that image of it where, like, it shows that it it shows there's like a a circley line, a curved line. Yeah, yeah, that, that is shows past. like where the the explosion's going to be, and then it shows like a potential path for the stranger getting out of it.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, yeah. I just so assumed actually, that and... because
2: everyone was dead, it didn't work.
3: Well, so there's actually a couple yeah. of endings that you can get by using that, and so. If you, if you remove the warp core from the Ash Twin project, mm-hmm. uh, then you prevent the memory transfer from happening. So you escape with the stranger. Um, mm-hmm. And you can do that either like outside the simulation or in the simulation.
2: Wild. Mm-hmm.
1: And we did both. Can mm-hmm. you just be on that star observation deck and just watch the process of getting the fuck out of there? Yes,
3: I think so. Okay. We, we did notice that it had different states at different times but we didn't stay there to watch it transition
1: fuck, that's maybe that might be on my bucket list that sounds badass as fuck that sounds mm-hmm. like um the restaurant at the end of the universe territory um mm-hmm. you guys remember that it's a it's a book yep. from hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy uh, series where uh, at yeah. one point there's basically like they they just send you to the most awesome vantage point to watch the universe explode and then you mm-hmm. just like eat food yeah And chill. (laughs) Yup. Anyways, it it has that kind of vibe. And I I feel like that is such a perfect encapsulation of, like, kind of what this game is in essence. It's like, I want to do this really elaborate thing so I can just sit here and kind of watch this shit go down. And I don't know why that's so satisfying, because that sounds so lame when you say it like that. But fuck, it's good, dude. It's good.
2: (laughs) I do remember... Now, when we first saw that and then it showed that they could get out, I was like, and we had just started the DLC. We, like, we were pretty early in. I was like, the whole purpose is to get everybody on the ship and we leave. Damn. And then I completely forgot about it by the end because I was so wrapped up in like everything else that was happening.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I'm assuming you can't do that. You can't get everybody else on the ship, you? Can't can you can't just hit up no. yeah, bro. Bummer. No.
4: <laughs> I don't think so, no. Um, but one thing that, I was thinking about, um, was like, why does the dam break now? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think we figured out that the dam breaks because of the acceleration of the ship getting the heck out.
5: Hmm. Well,
3: yeah, um, I'm not completely sure, but it looked like the solar sail makes them spin faster, which would. And then the dam breaks. Like, that's about the halfway point, I think, Mm -hmm. to getting the dam to break.
1: You know, I don't buy it, man. I don't think these guys could have built this ship.
2: (laughs) 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 That is very cool. I'm glad that you guys figured that out. That's awesome. That adds to my lore knowledge. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: I did want to say, though, that I think, actually, the game does have a failing in terms of how the ending is delivered. Although it is a beautiful ending, and I loved it, it doesn't really signal very clearly that it is the ending.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, I agree.
3: And so I think, like, James and I actually got to that, and we are like, okay, this is the time to end for tonight. But we've got our plan. Like, we're going to try to figure out how to get to the vault, like, IRL. Yeah. And yeah. then we we got back in, and we are like, uh-huh can't really get anything to work was was that it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah mean like it kind of it dumps you in its its final final outer worlds vanilla moment well outer we worlds. were like
2: i remember when we rafael you watched us end it so you actually like broke <laughs> essentially like broke the news to us that it was over because we had yeah right like you share you tell him your story and then he kind of is like cool and he leaves and he walks away and he outside of when you 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 follow him out of the the prison chamber situation and he leaves you, like, a message. So it's just, like, him and you sailing away on a little raft. And we we're like, great, so we got to go find it. We're going to go with him. We're going to take him with us. We're like,
1: So we take that raft that's right there or across yeah. the way. Yeah, and we're like, where <laughs> do we're you know? like, go? Yeah, like,
2: where is he? And, Rapha- and, like, there was this tone of, like, Raphael, we like, it was, too. like, letting your kids down about, like, something, like, <laughs> someone has just died. Like, it was just, like, okay, yeah, so he, I think, is trying to tell you that, like, Take him, take you, take him with you, but like in spirit, and like he's walked into the water and he's gone. And we're like, "What? No! Like we're gonna go find him. Like he's right." Over. So yeah, I agree that that the the final little ending bit didn't quite signal to me that it was over. I was ready to continue. But see, I, I actually think,
1: and I don't know if this is what Zoe was referencing in the Discord when she was saying, "Hey, like guys, like do finish the game, like mm-hmm. after you beat this." But I feel like that is the actual ending, not the ending that you get when you open the thing and you talk to to this guy and all that stuff yeah. I feel like the actual ending is the ending uh-huh. with the modification of
0: Yeah, um, I think it's yeah. awkward it, it it it's unfortunately awkwardly placed only because like the people who know to get to that point have already played the base game so they've played that ending already Mm -hmm. so then they're just kind of like okay so like what do i do now so like i i finished this game with james watching and yeah similar to Raphael with you guys james had to let me down gently by just being like zoe he's sailing off into a sunset and i'm like Oh,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love like, that we both had these like, experiences with like James and Raphael as our spiritual guides. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. Exactly. We're gonna need exactly. to find a sunset.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> like, well, I'm like
0: looking around the room by being like, "Oh, is there a sunset painting anywhere? Mm-hmm. that yeah. I can see?" And, and yeah. just, like, he's like, "What do sunsets yeah. represent?" So I'm like, "Death."
5: <laughs>
0: okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Life, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. But anyway, so, like, yeah, like, I walk, walk into the you... water, the loop restarts, and then, so I'm just sitting there, I look to my ship log, nothing populates on the ship log, so I'm like, okay, well, then I just start playing 20 questions with James, where I'm just like, do I have to go back to the Stranger? No. Do I have to go back to this planet? No. And he's just like, you're done with the DLC. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. And so, like, yeah, it's it's just unfortunately misplaced only because, yeah, like, to, I guess, get to the ending of the game, you have to redo that Ash co- Twin Project core run. Like, you yep. know, grab it, go through Dark Bramble again, which then I had to pull out my notes from six months ago and be like, shit, what was my route that I had to do for that again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Pull out the controller because I don't want to go through Dark Bramble on the keyboard or mouse again. That was a travesty um yeah but and and like of course then it gives you like a very beautiful ending that way and everything but I do agree Raphael it doesn't quite signal that it's over but I think it's just because of just that awkward moment we are in as gamers like having played the game already where it's like you kind of expect a more definitive like that is the end <laughs> mm-hmm. whereas yeah, like, like it was definitely it, oh i was I was, I say, was thinking it, it like was it def- could have
3: had a, a like a credits or like thank you for playing but then i think like it has the problem they were looking at that problem of like well but then nobody is going to discover the changes to so the, I, like actually yeah.
1: so I, I think what they needed to do was they needed to add one more ship log update that could have felt definitive and it could have said
2: i met the prisoner he w-
1: when when gone. he no, no no yeah the DLC is over <laughs> no, no 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 it could have it, it would have been like something on the lines of like you met the prisoner and he says when you go he wants you to take him with you or something yeah. like that yeah that I think would've that would have been cool. I don't know I still think yeah. it
2: would have been like we're flying back to the stranger we're rooting around we're gonna find it like I I didn't quite understand that ending it yeah mm-hmm. wasn't willing to accept him being gone
1: yeah. Because I, I, like, I'm saying, I, 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 by the totally acknowledge what you guys are talking about and completely agree that mm-hmm. it like dumps you back into like confusion mode. And I think it's partially because it's been hand holding you much more in the DLC, and it kind of dumps you back into like, what am I supposed to do mode of like mm-hmm. the original Outer Wilds. But like, I, I think the real ending is the ending plus the DLC. Like, I think that I is the the ending. So, yeah. so that, I think Which they that just brings... needed to like, get you there. Yeah.
0: Then brings my question. So, like i am curious if you if you were to start the game anew download the dlc and everything yep Yep. what happens if you encounter the prisoner before you discover all the shit in Dark? do you tell him the story is your story the the same story
2: do you tell him yeah i don't know do you tell him the full story
3: i I guess so I, i i said that it was the same but i'm actually not entirely sure because so i was playing i had restarted my save to do the like beat the game in one loop Mm -hmm. achievement and so that's what i was playing on and so i guess i had beaten it in that save but i had not discovered everything and i'm there might have been some differences in what i told him i don't remember like the interloper showing up and blasting off ghost matter Hmm. um Mm -hmm. but maybe it was there and i just forgot it Hmm. but
1: for the most part it seemed similar to yours yeah i don't know and so, yeah, it's like it does kind of feel like they needed to pick a lane here, like either target for the people who beat the game or target for the people who didn't beat the game. But then, of course, all of us. I would think beat they the game. targeted for
2: people who had beat the game.
1: I, that uh, makes total I think, sense to I me. Think yeah.
2: if if our I think assumption, may, I guess, for all of us is right, that 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 ending um, story is the same regardless of where you are. Yeah. In your progression, then I think they picked a lane and then they picked it's for people who have beat the game.
1: But then in that context, you do run into the criticisms that we yeah. raised about how. It does feel like it dumps you off and you don't know to, how to finish it. And you, have, and you have to fucking pull your notes from six months ago to fucking. That was yeah, the thing to me. I was like, man. Yeah, I was like, immediately man.
2: flipping through my notebook. Yeah. It,
1: it reminded me of like when people are like, hey, man, we should play Age of Empires. And I was like, no, I played StarCraft at a high level for long enough that I don't like to play a game that feels like StarCraft badly. It just feels awful. It feels like I'm out of shape. It feels like I'm, and so it felt the same here. I'm like, oh my God, I have to do the perfect run again, but I'm not trained. Like I didn't do, yeah. fuck, I don't even remember what to do. Like, so then, yeah, that was a little unfortunate. I, I was almost just like, so this is, and and, and and I personally, actually, as a gamer, I think that's where, if I didn't have like an audience and that, you know, like whatever, like if Land, if you didn't want, like I, that's where I would turn to YouTube, just see the endings and I would be perfectly okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's okay. Like, I, I would have gotten the same beauty out of them. I mean, maybe not quite as much, slightly less, lower resolution or something, but yeah. Can I, I just have... say the
4: endings yeah. where you take the warp core from the Ash Twin Project mm-hmm. and then get onto the stranger and let it pull you out of the range are very dark.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Hmm. Hmm. It gives you like two sentences or something, and it's just like, oof. I
2: yeah, want to go think... see them now.
3: Oh,
1: okay, then I won't, I won't spoil
2: them. Don't spoil them. I want to go watch them on on the YouTubes.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is code for like McCoy do the thing with the. McCoy, <laughs>
2: <laughs> can you watch the TV? Yeah,
1: oh my God, I keep trying to give Elena lessons in the TV because she's starting to approach that of an of someone who feels older in the sense that they're asking me how to work the TV.
2: I know how to work the TV.
1: Right. But then under pressure, you hand the remote to me, which shows like like I, I wouldn't say that my understanding of working the T V is affected by pressure. <laughs> but like yours is, which makes me think that the learning and the understanding is tenuous at best. But yeah. Um <laughs>
2: Thanks for outing me on a public podcast that yeah, I can't, it's all good. I, can't I, mean, I can't fully masterfully use our TV.
1: All I would say is like that's an easy one to have me never do again, which would be, let me teach you how to need the TV. <laughs> like, please, God. Like, I'm trying so hard to teach you. Like, but she's just she's like, no. Yeah, it's I've, been, s- I've
2: been put in my place.
1: Uh-huh. I mean, I think confidence comes with practice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And a lesson. <laughs> I just think that would be really great. Um, but yeah. oh, I'm Trying to think of, there were other little bits and pieces of this game. It's, that-
4: it's a sign of Elena's care and need for you in her life. Right, mm-hmm. that she chooses to let you
1: do all the TV things that she doesn't remember.
4: I mean,
2: it's a sign mm-hmm. of our codependence. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just funny because she'll come home and she'll be like, "You just have no idea how little teachers know how to work technology." Anyways, can you turn the TV on? <laughs> 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 I'm just like, you can't do this to me, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> just... <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so that's what I was actually going to say on the context of TV. I was going to say that, yes, obviously, this game is absolutely gorgeous. The art style is incredible. Obviously, nobody needs to explain that to us. But I would just say that it um, it holds up really beautifully in 4K uh, if you could run it on that or if you have the, like a TV to do that. And it's like the art style doesn't look overly sharp in any way. Like it stays so smooth and so beautifully made. Like, it just it just becomes clearer in a way that's really cool. So, like, some games actually kind of look worse in 4K and especially just, like, ruin your PC trying to do it. But this game looks really great. But that's not really what I'm trying to talk about. What I'm actually trying to talk about is that... Okay, so HDR, right? High dynamic range. The premise of this is, like, you darken dark areas and you lighten light areas so that... Because if you think about, like, a black image on a TV, it's it has this gray... I guess it's kind of like white haze because it's a it's a black pixel, but it's lit up. Do you know what I'm saying? Like It's a bright black, which is like a bizarre concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I was really hoping to do someday, and I will someday, because um, we have a TV with HDR, although however the HDR in my uh, TV is okay at best, maybe in the living room one, it's better, I don't know. But what I really want, if you're thinking about technology, is there's um, OLED TVs which they have the capacity to turn on and off and adjust the luminance of each individual pixel by itself. Whereas like more quote normal TVs have like zones, like, oh, top left is a little darker, but top right's bright, which like, anyways, the reason why I say all this is because if you go to like Best Buy or some shit and you walk down the TV sort of like aisles, what you'll see is they oftentimes showcase uh, night uh, videography like and they show space movies and they show space a lot because space is like the number one use case for infinite darks and then like bright stars and fuck i want to play this game on one of those tvs where like just you look into the expanse of space you turn off all the lights and it's not like there's not that like haze over the pixels which you know you get used to and you get by but you know like especially in this game a lot like especially with the lights off but even with the lights on you know you're kind of struggling to see because there's just like that weirdness of it's like kind of hard on computer monitors and televisions to like see like it's it's dark this game's really dark and so i would have absolutely loved that and i feel like someone somewhere should experience that and someday I will like cart this fucking game over to someone that has one of those TVs and maybe get one myself but I just think it would be like that will be the signal for me to try this again I think is when I can look into space and have it be like beautifully dark um, and have it's like infinite expanse showed. so I just think that would be fucking rad Um, yeah I just want to throw that out there because that would so that's, let's rate this thing Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, James, let's start with you, bro. Oh, shit. Yeah.
4: Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. So the base game, I gave two thumbs. Wow. Um, Regrettable. (laughs) And I mean, looking back on it, I remember why I gave it two thumbs. Mm -hmm. But like all the frustrating bits have kind of like disappeared with time. And I'm just like, wow, that game was really incredible, wasn't it? Um, and I think that the DLC reminded me of that very, very much. And uh, not having to play it and be scared all the time helped a lot too. And my experience with it was definitely gold star worthy. So I'm gonna start off strong with a gold star. Um it it's a game that feels unique in the modern era in a mm-hmm. really really incredible way. Um yeah. So let's pop over to Zoe.
2: Okay. Um
0: so I gave the base game one thumb, I remember um and like i said before like at the top of the at the top of the hour Mm -hmm. um i said that it was because of like the headspace i was in and i remember feeling very frustrated with the base game and like i do want to like it's not that i regret that rating. I just I look back at that rating with a lot of sadness because I just remember the state I was in. I remember and it it is a fitting rating for how I was feeling in those moments. So I feel like the one thumb for the base game would still stand. Um that being said, I just want to give the DLC itself a gold star. Um and for that like I'm just very thankful that I got to experience this game in the same way that everybody else had playing this for a second time and that I got that second chance and that's why I find this DLC to be very special to me um because I actually got to feel those aha moments and I got to feel that puzzling out a lot better than I ever did before um the ending of this story had a greater emotional effect on me than I think the base game did and I think it was because of that added emphasis of this prisoner's one action was the spark that let that lit this whole fire of inspiration throughout an entire universe and I always get very like misty-eyed thinking about that and especially just that ending song just made me like just seeing the culmination of past present and future and like what's going on like it was so beautiful to witness and I think that just shook me more emotionally than even just like the existential longing of the base game I have to say um and I just also want to add like I really appreciate DLC that expands upon or explains in greater depth parts of the main story um it's why i like the uh, bioshock burial at c dlc Mm -hmm. so much i think i gave that one a gold star because it did that further explanation um, into the story and added to the value of the bioshock universe in itself and this game definitely does that um it just adds so much to this and i think it just in a way, made Outer Wilds an even greater game than it already was. Um, and it was, you know, I, I knew Outer Wilds was a great game. It was just a great game that I wish I had played. But this DLC made me finally be able to conclude that, yes, I've played a truly excellent game. Um, so yeah, Gold Star for me. I really loved it. Definitely go play it. Don't let the spook scare you. If if so, like, you can turn on no spooks mode. It makes things a little bit easier, but otherwise, definitely, definitely go out and play it. Uh, let's go with McCoy.
1: All right. Also, you can say the claw in the way that Raphael does, which I am. (laughs) I tried like four times to do it in the tone. I couldn't do it. So don't don't copy me. Copy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that will help defuse some of the scenarios that are spooky
2: Craig Craig's just like fuck that Craig was triggered oh, by that
1: God. Yep. Craig can't handle the clock <laughs> you can't, exactly or the truth or whatever but yeah like awesome perhaps maybe that was the mic drop moment for Zoe's review it just hit that hard that Craig was like I'm fucking out man that was powerful so fair play on that um, yeah uh, this game is a masterpiece. And I feel very confident saying that it speaks truly to my soul as a masterpiece. And I want to believe, like I've said earlier, that you could not have accidentally achieved something as synergistic and as, and as loved and as cohesive as this thing is. It's when, when James said, this feels like a game unique in the modern era, I think I I love that phrasing and I think to myself about how this game made me feel like I first felt when I started playing video games as a kid where I didn't understand their limitations but rather I was overtaken by the possibilities within them and and you know open world games were becoming awesome and I just thought like oh my god you can go so far and you can there's there's stories of all these people and they're doing things and like really I I was overtaken playing this game. Like, Just imagine if fucking Skyrim or Fallout had as intricate a world as something like this. How cool it would be to see a world that felt like it actually really was connected, that did impact each other, that really felt like there was knock-on impacts um, that happened, uh, that caused other things. So I don't know, I I will, will save a lot of space for other people to talk and say what they wanna say, but I would just say that for the DLC in specific, for me i recognized that it the dlc itself could hang with the base game like i said you know i wasn't necessarily asking for this i wasn't clamoring for this i had a, a near perfect experience with the first game and i was i was done but It was more Outer Wilds and not the same thing. It was actually what you want. It was actually a new experience that builds on things, that adds but also changes the formula in weird ways and blows your mind. And It does everything that you want Outer Wilds to do. And it does it in a kind of somewhat different way, a more linear way, a more constrained way. And it was fucking fantastic. And the fact that it can exist in the same universe, literally, as the other game means to me it has to be a gold star too. And so, yeah, it's it's really awesome. And I think it is an unfortunately super fucking high bar for Spooky Games Month, even though it wasn't supposed to be a part of that. But I'm like, i I'm looking forward to the other two games we're gonna play this month, but I, I don't think they can beat this. Um, and it's not fair that they should even have to try, but they do. And so <laughs> here
5: we are. Um, <laughs>
1: Okay.
0: They'll just be the Ethan Carters, <laughs> you of know, exactly. the world. You know, <laughs> unfortunately, something has to follow up. <laughs> oh God! Ooh.
1: It'll be. I hope it's something named similarly too. It'll be like something that's just you know, because Ethan Carter was I mean, you so similar. We should play similar. Outer Worlds. We should
5: play <laughs> Outer Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: God. By the way, if you want to see everything uh, that The Outer Worlds is, or at least was to us, look at our hype video on YouTube where James is playing that shit.
5: And James <laughs> just leveling up entirely.
4: I swear I got at least six hours into that game.
1: <sighs> Perks. <laughs> just, it's just, oh, it's God. That's an inside joke for the ages. Um, although it is outside, it is on YouTube. There you go. Um, yeah, I'm going to pass that one along. I think we got to end with Raphael, right? Of course so then, know we, yeah. we got to go to you next.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, this is a cool star. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's shocked by that. Um, I, I feel like mostly I'm just going to echo what other people have said in terms of, I think, too, like, having now full, like, obviously finished Outer Wilds, which we had the base game, which we had done before, but, like, had some steps back from it and, like, thought about it for a while. Like, I don't know, you guys. Outer Wilds might be the greatest. I It's just, like, I, I have a really hard time thinking of a game that rivals at like the base vanilla outer wilds for me. Um I think I appreciate that game more now, like even than I did at the end of the last podcast. But I I think that this DLC like really holds up and holds its own. And I I agree, like it gives you more outer wilds, and I think that's a really hard thing to do because what outer wilds gives you is novelty and exploration and like um, an ability to follow your own curiosity and like construct your own way of going through a world. And that's when you've already played through that universe and like figured out most of their tricks. I think it's really difficult to ask them to come back in and give you something that is actually authentically more of that, like more of that unknown and not understanding. And like, uh, but I think that this DLC does it. Um, I think they had more in the tank basically like the way that they use light at the beginning. I was like, that's enough. Like even just that enough is like a mechanic we hadn't ever seen before. And it was really interesting and see how it plays with. And then they bust out like dev mode and you can die. And that it just, they, they went above and beyond what I thought they were going to be capable of doing. And I would have been happy with like, not quite this much, but I'm like thrilled with what we ended up getting. Um, and I think, again, like, true to Outer Worlds, like, the story here is really rich and interesting, and it's not written but shown in a just really cool way that allows you to piece it together in whatever way you want. It's just – I don't know. I, I, I used to go around being, like – more like, I was looking for Morrowind in a game. Like, that's – like, that was, like, my – game that i wanted other games to be like and i feel like now i'm like i just want outer wilds like this is for me sort of my perfect game and this dlc gave me more of that and so it can't not be a gold star i don't know if i have a favorite yet i think i don't know if we even want to like touch that in this podcast like, of, like, ha- like which rating, one do you think which, is better Jesus. that's a whole different conversation but i think they're both just outstanding Somewhat in their own ways, but also in the same way, and yeah, i just I think it's great. it's fabulous, Raphael, what do you think?
3: um so i mean i think I think I've already said that outer Wilds is the best game I've ever played from my perspective. It's just like and you've all said like how many cool things it has like the the art style is incredible the the writing is is like it's just really well done and it has all these aha moments. Um, I think one thing that's really interesting about it to me is that I think initially I had a less warm reaction to it. Actually, uh, I was just kind of like, eh. But like over time, it just like keeps growing on me, and I like notice more details about it, and it just becomes more and more clear like how well well crafted it was. Um, And so, to me, I don't really see the DLC as something separate from it. Um, It fits in perfectly Mm -hmm. and really adds to it um, as if it were part of the base game. Uh, So, it can't be anything but a gold star.
1: Wow. I I have a thought. I also have a thought, too. Okay. Yours first.
2: I don't think we should try and suss out which one's better, because I think they have to duke it out for Game of the Year.
1: Oh!
5: Hoo-hoo.
2: Wait, we have to do that? No! Yeah. Fuck that! Yeah, we no. do! Ooh. We <laughs> counted all the Bioshock separately, including Bioshock Infinite DLC. The precedent has been set, and so I think we. I think they're going to wow. have to battle.
1: Mm. Wow.
2: I think, I think if I'm going to, like, spoilers, I think they're one and two. I don't know which way, but I think they're one and two.
1: Okay, that's definitely spoilers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight you all on New Year's Eve. I like Eve. how
4: Elena is deciding our game of the year.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, I'm not, you know.
1: <laughs> and she seems pretty uh
2: Just getting the jump on it.
1: it yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You got a gut feeling? hmm Fair. Well, my thought's not nearly as badass as that. That was awesome, but no, my thought was just that one last little fun trick that I discovered that makes you feel like a total badass in this game that you can take with you on your subsequent playthroughs because theoretically you've beaten the game already. So what, like, what, what use for this BT really is? Do you know when you go to those rooms where you grab the slide reel from like the antlers and then the lights go dark and it changes the picture behind to like a scary. Like mm-hmm. picture a and scary
2: the, grabby version of the picture
1: of the thing and you grab the real and then the door closes behind you and you're like fuck I have to figure out a way out you know that it happens like three times I think yeah so it turns out super badass mode you can put a uh, probe or a scout on the other side of the door and it is a light source and you'll use that for one of the puzzles for unlocking things and so what I did when they closed the fucking doors on me is I just I what you have one shot because you can't shoot it out there again but if it's already out there. You can just unlock that door if you hit that timing. And it is the most badass feeling ever when they just like do the scary moment. They close the doors on you and you're like, and click. Gotcha. (laughs) And you just walk out. It's (laughs) fucking baller. So cool. I think we should get the fuck out of here. This was awesome. Thank you all for this experience. And thank you all for being so flexible about moving this out. Everything in our entire universe calendar out one week because holy shit, we needed it. But it was worth it. And we got to have Zoe on the podcast as a result. That's fucking badass too.
0: Yep. Hell yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. Next week, uh, pray. I hear James I humming first half, the bass pray. song, this and is... I
2: love it. It's so yeah. beautiful.
1: <laughs> the whistling fucking gets me, man. <laughs> Fuck.
2: Yeah. It's Everybody's mm-hmm. different musical instrument. Mm-hmm. I want someone to just Our, pull out a tambourine right now. Like, who's got a tambourine near them? Because that would be amazing. I can pull out a harmonica. Can you play it? But I, I, no, I'm not going to do it over the, over the airwaves. <laughs> All right, never yeah. mind. We're not that talented. Would have been cool.
1: All right, I have a theory about myself. I think that the best instruments ever are string instruments, and I think that the human voice is also kind of a string Is that instrument. because you played the violin? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it just is. And because the human voice <laughs> is kind of like a string because it vibrates, yeah. Hmm?
2: You're not wrong. I mean,
1: yeah. or...
4: String instruments mm-hmm. are trying to mimic the human voice.
1: Okay.
2: Let's get out of here. Yep. Mm. Let's have sure? that stop. Are you here. sure? <laughs> Before we get more hot takes.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sure. <sighs> yeah, like, like, what's your thought on this new political? Like, and cut Like, <laughs>
2: You guys, we messed up. <laughs> what? We should have started the podcast with someone going, <gasps> like they do in the game. Mm-hmm. Oh. Would have been genius.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't worry, we instead ranted for like right, forty-five minutes
4: on some shit about yeah, okay, we're <laughs> right. not, everybody else.
1: McCoy, take that
4: take that thing of Elena and put it right at the beginning of the podcast.
2: That's great. Do that.
4: I'll do what
1: I can. Okay. And by then. that I mean if I forget that, don't blame me.
2: Cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I don't blame you. Okay. Thank I you. blame you. You could put in some work around here, but I you-
2: really I really can't. <laughs> I don't know how to work the TV. Uh, There's uh, no uh, way uh, I can uh, do uh, this.
1: <laughs> fair. Super fair. <laughs>